Hey everybody, welcome to episode 61 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back, I'm Ben, and once again I'm joined by Blood Tithe Ben. Hello, hello. How you doing, BT? You okay? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Getting the longer hair every day. Soon going to get to, uh, you know, elf length, but we'll get there in the end. I uh, I also I have a hair travesty to talk about in a minute. But talking about hair travesties, we've not just... <laughs> <laughs> what an introduction. We've got my oldest friend in the world, Ian Warhalem Hallam on board. Ian. <laughs> How how are you? All right. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. And yeah, I've uh, I've recovered from my hair travesty. So I'm waiting for the next one. Now. I uh, I actually had a bit of a hair travesty. Um, so I but my hair grows incredibly fast. So I I did a bit of a trim on the sides just so it didn't like bush around the ears. And um, I, Tiff, bless her, was like, I'll trim the back for you a little bit. And I think I think I moved. Uh, and and it got a little bit short like right in the middle fortunately i had a mullet essentially before just because of the length okay so i have like this i have like this clever reverse comb over yeah that hides the short bit in the middle of my hair and it's working <laughs> amazing i thought it was going to be like some kind of inverted mullet there Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> business on the bottom, party on the top. Yeah, that's a that's a bowl cut. That's a bowl cut. We, I, I definitely had that when I was a kid. I had the bowl cut. Don't mention yeah. bowl cut. It's too close to home. Oh, I don't know. And you, you, it's got a lot darker, Ben. Your hair's got a lot darker. Mm, like I said, going to the elf look. I mean, like a dark elf by Christmas. <laughs> okay, put the knives down. Well, I hope you. Uh, I hope you didn't like throwing the ball around because that's not allowed. Hey, you know, too soon, too so soon. So, yeah, golf coaches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we dragged Ian on the show, bless his heart, to help uh, choose basically top entries with us for our painting competition that we ran last month, Paintuary. So, uh, three different kind of entries: fantasy, sci-fi and Blood Bowl, we're each going to choose our, oh, this is a tough one, we're going to say our favourite, we're each going to choose our top pick from those groups, uh, we're going to talk through them, we're going to show them off, and then we are going to send them off to uh, Oscar, who has agreed, be, uh, because he destroyed Ian at Warhammer World one day, um, owes him a favour. And so, um, He smiled while he did it, so I forgive <laughs> him. That was a great game, that was an absolutely brilliant yeah, game. I, it was about to really so Oscar is uh, is just an incredible painter and a really lovely chap and um, because he's got all the skills he's going to judge our uh, our entries for us and choose three winners which is going to be pretty cool um, but you know it's always fun to get in on uh, to talk about Blood Bowl as well and what? talking about Blood Bowl BT what are we chatting about on episode 61? Uh, today we're going to talk about the well you mentioned the painting competition winners we're also going to be talking about choosing your team colors and you know what how, how we do it what goes into that things uh, maybe some good tips for everyone and also the usual games hobby and news fantastic yeah it's kind of like a hobby special which um yeah. i think is appropriate given lockdown because games have got yeah. away and uh this was ian's suggestion <laughs> I think. Over. hobby has taken over i've been painting yeah, i did I a painting like stream everyone we know has just sort of like 
you know ranked up in the hobby because yeah. he just had so much time to do it. I think there was a when when the kind of this particular lockdown first kind of came in. There's a bit of a bit of a slump, and it mm-hmm. was just kind of after Christmas, and everyone was just maybe just feeling a bit fed up with it and all of that. But I think all of a sudden people are starting to think, well, we'll use the time now. We'll kind of bounce ideas off each other, and it's been really cool just seeing the variety of uh, projects going on in our group, hasn't it? Really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I on, Sam's yeah, more been really getting into his burrows and badges, which has been nice to see. And Rich yep. is uh, going full pew pew. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty happen. crazy. No, I know it's a miracle. Uh, it's it's cool, and I think everyone has kind of leveled up. And so many like there are so many new players that are joining as well. And um, I don't know, maybe it's the the kind of specter of the release of the end of the lockdown being you know six weeks away in England, for example. Um, this is my goal. My goal is to have all the Blood Bowl teams needed for the YouTubes to be painted, ready to go, so that as soon as we yeah. can get to entoyment and film some stuff, got teams ready to go. I mean, yeah, to be fair, to that. if I can't get them painted, I'm just going to, you know, steal your guys' ones instead. But you That's know, right. I think they, I think they belong to you anyway. Then entoyment, <laughs> entoyment, really. Give me some notice for mine unpainted either. Oh yeah, you need to. Crack on with that. There we go. Right, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Before we go back into talking about hobby, and like I said, this is kind of be like a hobby special. Like Ben said, we're going to look at choosing team colors, but it's really going to delve into color theory. And Ben's got his thesaurus ready to use a lot of uh, <laughs> Fuji painting terms. Word I don't know the meaning yep. to. <laughs> oh, I like it. Right, let's have a quick look at Blood Bowl news, and then uh, yeah, then we'll get painting. Okay, to the news. So there's not a lot going on in Blood Bowl land right now. I think we're just brewing up. I'm hoping that we're going to have a couple of busy months. There's a lot of rumours kicking around about lots of different stuff at the moment. So really, the only thing to talk about is the fact that we got... um, What was the Dwarf Star player called in? Dwarfy McDead? Krong Hackflem, I think, was what... We're back on to Klingon. Oh dear. Yeah, also known as Skrull Half Height, which uh, two out of three of those are actual words, um, ha- <laughs> is now up for pre order. So I've pre ordered him and I pre ordered the other miniature that's available, which is Gretchen. Um, so what's the release date for those? It's tomorrow, isn't it? Or yeah, the 5th. And this podcast comes out on the 6th. So hopefully everybody will have got their Skrull priced at £19 and Gretchen also <laughs> priced at £19. Um, so pretty expensive. I mean, what do you guys think of the miniatures? Let's start with Gretchen because I've got her on the screen. What do you guys think of the Gretchen mini? Yeah, I, I mean, it's good. Oh, can you carry on, Ian? You carry on. No, no, I think it's good. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's one of the things, isn't it? When you look at the price tag, and I think you've uh, mentioned this before about her rules maybe not being uh, particularly appealing. It's it's quite hard to imagine. I would kind of pick her up at 19 pounds for a player that i probably very rarely use and i don't think it's one that's got enough to it to be like a really enjoyable painting project on its own over say just picking up some mermon banshees or something yeah i really like the mermon banshees (laughs) yeah they are really good and uh, you can get two boxes of them basically for the same price as gretchen however we have picked up a copy because we want to have a look so that if you're contemplating buying you can see what size she is see how many millions of forge world pieces they are 
um, she's in, which is pretty cool. So, Ben, Scroll or Gretchen, miniature-wise, what's your pick here? Oh, for me, I, I prefer Scroll. I think I think he's more fun um, for me. I, I think, like you say, Gretchen, there are good alternatives. Um, he's still beautiful. Love the miniature. But um, I think for me, it has to be Scroll. I just think he's he's very Blood Bowl. Um, yeah, I just think he's a lot of fun. He is incredibly Blood Bowl. It looks really cool. It'd be interesting to see just how big he is. Uh, obviously, he's a dwarf, so I would expect him to be in line. Yeah. Um, On the 32 mil base he has, he does look pretty stunty still. He looks um, kind of small, guys. Yeah. And that is he's not, not I, short I'd say he's probably around four pounds small rather than nineteen pounds small. But um <laughs> yeah. Uh can you imagine three D printing that miniature? How much would it cost? Nineteen <laughs> P? Don't say too hard, could then otherwise you'll uh, affect the sales. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's cool. Stop I like it. Me. I like it. I think uh I think it's fun and it is the definitely the best dwarf in Blood Bowl. Mm. Um, it is. I mean, I'm actually surprised I haven't seen that many um, conversions yet. You know, oh. using a dwarf with a skull and we, maybe um, mixing a few things up. We have one on Wednesday this week, actually. Oh, but nice. Someone, I'll have to go back and watch that. Someone took a, a white blitzer and yeah. basically just cut the legs and torso down ever so, <laughs> ever so slightly. Plastic glued it together so it worked. And it worked brilliantly. He was like, I need to add a beard. But yeah, I mean, it's cool. Ah, fantastic. The cool, cool the cool thing about Scroll is it's different enough to stand out, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's the short guy. <laughs> and like you guys said, actually cheap enough to get on the pitch and when you've got him on the pitch, it is it is kind of like a meme player. Like I've got an, <laughs> I've got Edge for undead that, like mega throw rule is amazing. But I'm it's really so like cool. That. It's it's just it's like really a fun. one trick pony. Um, I want to see a bit more of that in star players actually. Yeah. Just, like, oh, I a, agree. a big play. Yeah. Or something that's a bit more out the box. Stuff Definitely. that you'll also use, like, you, you could use every game and it'll be that thing they do. Yes, yeah. that's exactly it. To be fair, Gretchen does have that thing where she can dodge and add her strength to her dodge roll, I think. Yeah, but that's just kind of like, doesn't really change the game, it just lets her get away. Well, she can walk into a cage once per game and then take a strength three block with no skills. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I, know, I know. For two hundred and was it two hundred and sixty k? So twenty k more, you get Griff essentially. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I think uh, I think we'll see some more undead star players land at some point. There's a few missing. There's the vampire guy missing. There's there's the big old Kemri guy missing. So what's that? Count Luther and then Ramtut is missing. Sindbad, I don't think we'll see come back, but. I don't know. I think they've just got scope to do a lot more. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we've got these two star players coming out. I mean, I think Ben and I talked about this last episode, but Ian, what do you think? Are we? When are we going to see the next team for Blood Bowl? Next team? Um, what are we now? <laughs> it's hard to keep track, isn't it? Yeah. So we've just started February, haven't we? In the year um, 25, I think, 25. I think we'll hear about them in April. I think you're or probably right. April. Um, which is going to feel like a very long time because it's, I guess, six yeah, months. Yeah, I mean, if if we get a bit more um, from Forshaw to kind of pad out, that would be really good. So, you know, love to see Wilhelm Cheney, love to see Rumblow. Yeah, I was going to say, it's Rumblow you're, you're on about, isn't it? Yeah, I need him. <laughs> I've actually just um, I've picked up Carla recently, who I need to, oh, to work on. Like a nice little painting project, painting treat for yourself? 
Yeah, well, and, and the fact that she'll play for the halflings, and uh, she's pretty good. Uh, yeah, mm. controversial opinion time, but I think she might be a better choice than Deep Root now. Yeah, I think Deeproot has kind of fallen from grace, it seems, in the, in the kind of halfling community, but... Even with a price so long on that model, I'm going to use it. Yeah, <laughs> even with a price decrease, uh, because he did get cheaper. It's still. I think the thing is, he still he will still do what he's always done well. Yeah, it's oh, just gosh, that yeah. the players are maybe a bit more efficient now. I mean, or what, available what, even. Ben, what was it you just said about her playing the game? She plays the game, but yeah, like you still you've already got two trees to smack things around, whereas you don't have someone to like. <laughs> yeah, but win. this one doesn't take root. Yeah, and after last night's gaming, which I'll mention in a bit, uh, <laughs> that's a good skill to have. Yeah. <laughs> not take root. <laughs> and come on, mighty blow plus two is really appealing. When I, yeah, when I played in that game with the, on the YouTube with Ben. Oh yeah, and I took deep root when uh, I think it was before the the drop of the game. Actually, um, that mighty blow plus two really came in useful. Actually, that's mighty blow plus two. Although it it doesn't feel massive is gigantic so who, who's got that that's 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 tree boy morgue's got it and i think death there's roller? yeah uh no i think death roll's got dirty player plus two. Oh, that's it yeah yeah that's it <laughs> which just want to put it out there combines brilliantly with uh the new pile driver skill piling on or pile driver it is pile driver isn't it yeah, yeah pile driver yeah because you knock a dude down so the death roller Dirty player plus two and mighty blow plus one. You knock a guy down with mighty blow, follow up, and then with the first skill up, you take strength, then you take piling on, sorry, pile driver, and then you immediately make a foul at plus two. <laughs> and your dwarves, so you're going to have guard, and guard works on fouls as well. So the death roller is going to be an incredible removal piece if you are willing to foul with it all the time. I appreciate your optimism in trying to make the death roll work. <laughs> I really admire it. I think you may as well foul with it because it's going to get sent off anyway. Yeah, exactly. You're not really leaving it. <laughs> it's, you I may just, as well double dip. It's just, I mean, I know the old ghost girl is overcosted. There will be times where she where she performs brilliantly, though. There, there yeah. will be definitely times where that ghost walking into a cage and giving you that one die block is going to pay off. I, I don't know. Maybe that's the thing, isn't it? That. Um, they are a bit more specialised, some of these players. and look, There's some players you would happily take every game. Like we just said, Carla. She does kind of plays in every aspect of the game, really. Yeah, that's that's fair. Carla is... But, you could you just put her on the line-up every single time. Yeah, but maybe uh, maybe Greta is just one that has that kind of ace matchup, but is kind of pretty crummy most of the time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably all right. Uh, right, talking about star players and run below and trees and things, let's uh, let's bounce off and talk about hobby and games. Okay, it's hobby and games, and those of you that are watching on YouTube will see that I've got the replay of Ian's fumble match from last night up on the screen behind us. So why don't we start with? Uh, oh no! Why don't we start with that, Ian? <laughs> how, how did you? How did you do? Yeah, I th- I thought I was doing all right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, was was playing against Necromantic team with uh, Tim, who's a, a new guy to our <laughs> club and our league. I thought really you called nice him, I thought you called him Necromantic Tim for a second. Necromantic Tim. Yeah. Necromantic Tim. I like that. Uh, 
got worse to us than that. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He uh he played really well. And to be fair, I think uh I think I did pretty well for the most part. But there was just uh we talked sort of talked about it after the game and there was kind of about four or five really crucial roles which should have been, you know, like <laughs> it's the classic flopper, isn't it? Should have been an easy role, but mm-hmm. completely backfired. So I had uh Yes, yeah, so there was one blitz with Carla that was a double skull, and then Ooh. a failed loner. Oh, and had you were just talking about Carla that. as well. <laughs> I know how good she is. <laughs> she she behaved the rest of the game. To be fair, she's got block as well, though, isn't it? Block and dodge. Well, exactly. It's literally yeah. if one of those dice had been anything else, it would have been fine. Um, yeah. Then I had a, a tree man do a double skull block, re-rolled into a double skull. I had my agility four halfling. Just about to receive a handoff for a throw teammate. Roll a one to catch the handoff. Rerolled into a one when he needed a two. Just like loads of little bits like that. <laughs> Just could have done without. There was a turn when they both took root at the same t- time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you sent a screenshot of that to the group, I think. I was just like, ah, okay, yeah. Playing the dice here. But no, had a great time. <laughs> and actually, the, the amazing thing about this halfling team, this league, is in the first game, Richard killed a tree man oh, on yeah. game one in turn one. Was it literally so, <laughs> turn one as well? Like the beginning of the league, he lost a tree? One. Yes. Uh, but since then, touch wood, the injuries have been pretty kind and no one's actually picked up anything else. So Pretty good for a halfling team. That's you know, incredibly good for You don't really mind team. losing with halflings. It's kind of just keeping the team going. That's uh, half the battle. Mm. Um, and actually, they've kind of got off quite lightly. So can, can... I got a throw teammate touchdown, so I was happy with that. Oh, what, was that was that your <laughs> touchdown in the game? What was the final score? Yeah, two one. All right. So Ben, halflings versus necro. What would your prediction for that game be? Probably three one. Yeah, I I would have bet a, a bigger, like a yeah, like yeah. a two nil or a, a three one or something. So you've done well. I think the one because like Ian said, the cheeky throw teammate. It can't be done. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I felt like that's the thing. I didn't ever feel I was out of the game. It was just those couple of moments, which just you know, when it goes wrong yeah. and you're kind of relying on that line of dominoes to fall, you know, and knock on, it kind of exposes a big weak point and you lose it. Whoa! So you got a guy sent off fouling in turn one, well, then Big Sue's knocked out and destroyed Nathan. Big Sue's. Big Sue's. <laughs> yeah, but by that time, Ian, you'd knocked out uh, Superhands. Yeah, uh, that was great. With Carla. So that's the other thing uh, to say about Tim's team. They're all named after Peep Show characters. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> well, I had a good laugh at that, to be honest. It even, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Dobby, of course. I yeah, forgot. There was. Uh, uh, Big Sue's, Osborne, Sophie's mum, mum, Johnson, of, yeah. Tony. <laughs> Jerry, <laughs> and then your tree person, Jude. Yeah, yeah, good old um, fumble-generated names. We've got like Jude and what's the other one called, like Elijah or something. Uh, I don't know. I love the names. I love the random naming. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> Elijah Jude. Wood is actually a pretty good name for a tree man. Elijah Wood, yeah. Oh, that is. No, <laughs> this one was Devin Gawain. Oh, yeah, that was him. Was, was Elijah Wood the one that died in? Uh, who knows? He's long forgotten. <laughs> He's compost now. <laughs> no, that was wicked. That was wicked. Um, so how how's the how are you doing in the fumble league so far? Just, we're three games in now. 
We've got a little wobble. Yeah, I think uh, kind of middling. So I'm kind of there's there's three people below me with no wins, and then I think I'm bottom of the one wins. So I've got got a win, which was that week one versus Tomb Kings, which was hilarious. Oh uh, so, yeah, I, that's that was that Probably was paying a, for my luck in that game. To be honest, for the rest a, of the league, that was a proper job of that one, Ian. To be fair, <laughs> uh, you got to love the halfling. You got to love the stunty upset whenever it happens, yeah. no matter what's going on. It's just so good, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I had a great one last week with uh, Milton with his Bretonians and. Uh, this one particular, I, I decided to, for some reason, I don't know, really know why, but I was up for a laugh, so I took Cindy Pie Whistle. Oh, yeah, that was excellent. <laughs> and uh, threw a, threw a uh, pie slash bomb at one of his blitzers who caught it and threw it <laughs> at my ball carrier and hit my dream man and knocked him down. <laughs> and then a straight blitz onto the ball carrier. Yeah. Uh, that, was a bit, that was a bit of a ransacking. That was, uh... that was hilarious. All right. You've got to laugh. So the Hampshire Hoggers there, uh, three points, uh, three touchdowns scored, four against, three casualties scored, six against. Not bad. Oh, I know. Seven, I mean, I, seventh I was, in the league. I the stats yesterday, and your your casualties, man. Honestly, I think it's just the way I play Blood Bowl. Because um, <laughs> was a nine. Cause, well, if you think about the my Skaven tabletop team, where they're like plus forty something touchdowns, but also minus forty casualties or something <laughs> at all time, like it's absolutely incredible. So yeah, conversely, I'm running Slan, uh, totally OP, and yeah, I've had uh, four casualties scored and nine casualties against, and my guys are strength three, armor eight, and don't have stunty. Ian's strength two, armor six, with stunty, and he's had less casualties scored against him than I have. <laughs> Uh, oh wow, Elven Union though. What? Where, when? When did that happen? I didn't realise he'd had eleven casualties scored against him. Yeah, like his team. He's got. So there's a like a. Is it one or two agility three elves he's running at the moment? Oh, two, yeah, two line, yeah. line minus one edge. And then a, a minus movement, maybe I think it is. Oh, he's got a plus movement blitzer and oh, a plus, plus movement catcher. I did miss next game his catcher, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. Cool. So am I. I've got him next. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm doing well. I've been, I've been very lucky with my slant so far. Um, I'm second at the moment with three wins, uh, eight touchdowns, four, six against, four casualties, four, and nine against. So, and I think I've got, I got Richard Price this week or next week with his human team. Dave's All Stars, that'll be cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So, humans obviously really kind of solid all round us. So yeah, got guard on the Croxagore, got accurate on a catcher because this is 2016 rules. So having edge four and accurate means a a one plus quick pass. So hoping to just move that ball around. Got a guard catcher, but he's also lost a movement. So, but still two plus leap anywhere to get that guard into place should be pretty good. Yeah, that's um, really handy, actually. And Good then, to have mobility on that. Yeah, and then Damien has got dodge, another one of my catches, and I've taken kick on a, on a lineman. Uh, Always well. solid. Very yeah, good. I did think of you, Ben. I was like, do I go for block, do I go for wrestle, or do I just get kick? Because actually, kick with Slan is going to be pretty good. Um, kick wins games. Yeah, but I think he's got kick as well. Dave's All-Stars, he's got kick. Uh, so it's gonna be that's going to be an interesting game. I 
don't know if I like the matchup there. I think humans have got enough bash to murder me and enough dash to finish off the job. He's running two catches as well. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's got an ogre, actually. No, just four blitzers. Okay. So, so actually, you're kind of on par strength and you've got the crocs. Mm. I do have the crocs, so hopefully the crocs and some guard will keep me safe. Um, but really, the, the one to beat at the moment is that Chaos Dwarf team. Oh, uh, yeah. I feel like they're just going to... Rampage through. ...plod along in the league, winning by one touchdown. Uh, yeah. And, and <laughs> Five TDs for, two TDs against... Uh, three casualties for and one against, so not doing great on casualties. I've scored, no. I've caused more casualties than than the Chaos Dwarf team so far. Well, to be fair, it's hard to score casualties when everyone's stood with one square gap between you, Just <laughs> <laughs> and you get one blitz a turn. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the absolute plan. But it's been cool to see Bretonians in there as well. I mean, I know that they are going oh, yeah. bye bye. Um, Milton's had some fun running them around. Now he's got his movement eight dodging blitzer. Yeah, he's, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, he, I had a good game against him last week. Uh, well, that wasn't my first game. I think my first game was against him. Um, good, good fun. It's great to get some. Uh, it's great to get some fumble on the go. Anyway, yeah, yeah it's been really good. Like I, I, I had listened to your games um, the other night, and it was it was really good. I, I recommend if, if people are out there who are like. You know, maybe missing club night. Um, have, have some fumble games and get together because I thought it was really good fun. It was really nice to chat. I'm not partake, partaking in this one personally. Yeah, I've, got, I've got some life stuff going on, but um, yeah, no, it's been really fun to listen in and watch yeah. the league develop. That PS5, man. <laughs> hey, that, I'll come to that in games. Let's lead straight into that. Ben, what games have you been playing? <laughs> Yeah, I've um, I I have acquired games consoles and I'm just sitting in isolation, having my, my controller rather than playing with my friends. But um, yeah, no, it's it's been it's been fine. Uh, sometimes it's nice to have a change of pace. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's awesome. Well, well, yeah, I don't know. You went to great lengths to get hold of it. <laughs> <laughs> there is a story there. Maybe one day I'll tell it. <laughs> I'm less embarrassed about it. Once, we, once we know the uh, the heat's cooled down. Yeah, yeah. yeah once <laughs> well, I, I, I can say it's not illegal. <laughs> Let's clarify that. <laughs> it's, it's, no, no, it's definitely not illegal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. No. <laughs> but but if no, anyone no, if no, anyone no. needs a PS5, I do hear that car parks are the best place to pick them up. Oh Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fantastic! Wicked. So, uh, let the uh, conspiracy theories go, Lee. <laughs> Everyone's been too busy buying stocks, so uh, I think I think yeah. we'll be okay. Stonks, stonks. <laughs> it's pretty funny to hear that whole situation. I mean, more crazy. Um, right. So, hobby. This is kind of the hobby episode. So, Mister Blood Tithe. Other than. Mm legitimately buying playstations what have you been doing hobby wise uh yeah so yeah i've been working pretty much mainly on my old ramp launcher which i can't remember if i was working on this when we last recorded i might have started it um yeah it's coming along it's nearly done it's actually showing up on camera which is very strange for what it usually does um 
And yeah, it's a real heck of a project though. Um, basically like an ogre team without the ogres. Instead, you've got a vehicle, but you've got like eight noblars to paint. And yeah, no, it's been, it's been fun. It's just taking a long time. And it's starting to get to that point with this army where it's getting a little bit burnout. Oh, um, no. Nearing the end. It, it's, still, it's still fun. It's still fun. I might have to switch it up a little bit, though. Um, maybe paint something flashy. What? <laughs> like ogres. Like an entire army of ogres in a short space no, uh, of time. No, because I mean, the vehicle part is getting a bit dreary. I don't, I don't really like painting like armoured stuff very much. I'm more of a fan of painting like flesh. So, uh, <laughs> I don't have a picture to put on the screen right now. I'll see if I can remember to put it in when I edit it, but the the giant bone bits of the scrap launcher, Ben. You've yeah. done an incredible job with that. Like, oh, they shot. Will they shot? Yeah, they might shot. Yeah, that's not bad. Like, like uh, it looks. It looks watching a video. It looks exactly like the kind of thing you could uh, pick up in a, a gift shop for seven, eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was one of my reference images. Actually, it was like one of those like fake like tusks. Brilliant. <laughs> it, it does look really good like that's as i think sam was talking about that in our group chat as well wasn't he He was like this is that bone just looks awesome yeah, yeah i'm I pretty happy with that if you kind of zoomed in and t- looked at it out of context i think you'll be hard pressed to tell it wasn't actual bone see mm-hmm. that's you, you square of texture sort of thing and i think that's amazing really oh thank you that's just that's just doing it too well though, isn't it <laughs> so realistic it's unrealistic it's yeah like, well, it's like, well, there's a little bit of that because the rest of it doesn't really fit into that kind of style so it's yeah but it's been fun no it's absolutely absolutely brilliant the yoga team the yoga team the yoga army looks fantastic uh, i love the basing the basing's classic blood tithe burn over the top but no cobwebs this time which i think is probably good yeah. for your mental health because uh, <laughs> more like, like lung health, <laughs> it's breathing that in. That's horrible. Are you using the uh, spider serum stuff? Yeah, you spray it through the airbrush, and it yeah. literally turns your room into cobwebs. <laughs> you can't have a good night through, do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, Ian, what about you, man? What have you been hobbying? Because you're a bit of a hobby machine most of the time. So, thanks. Yeah. Actually, randomly, just been diving headlong into Warcry at the moment. Oh, yeah, um, I saw that. So, recently kind of finished, got my, my Gloomspite Gits AOS army to a point that I'm happy with, sort of 2,000 plus points. So No such kind of just thing as a finished there. army, honestly. Oh, no, it's not finished. It's it's like the pause button, basically. I've, I've got bits to do, still bits in the cupboard. <laughs> so. But, you know, it's at the point where if someone said at some point when it's available do you want a game then i could just take them out for a game and that's like a good place to have them i think that is that is really good when you're just ready to go with something anything whether it's a team or an army and you've just got it ready to play like that is that's pretty satisfying not necessarily the most efficient (laughs) use of points or anything like that but it's all the stuff i liked and wanted to paint so yeah i don't think uh, it doesn't really matter like just just (laughs) you know it's so like sandboxy and it's pretty swingy as a, with game mechanics as well, isn't it? Because really just uh, whoever rolls the most sixes in one go. Mm. What's this war cry? Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, so I've just I've got the Splintered Fang gang. That's the, the <laughs> kind of Trojan snake people. Yeah, they're a really kind of cool 
mishmash of cultures really kind of looking at them um so i've kind of really wanted to go for um kind of a lot kind of darker skin tones and, and test out some different recipes and things like that um so i think i mentioned in our group chat i, I shared as well some of um, tyler mengel's mengel miniatures um yeah. skin recipes so kind of really inspired by them um so definitely worth a check out if you if you want he's got loads of cool like tutorials um and then yeah kind of going with a really polished gold so i've finished one uh test model and then i've kind of got the rest to a pretty good point so i just need to go looks through really nice. some highlights on them now it reminds then, me of um sorry it reminds me of escher like the necromunda escher gang with what yeah, you've done with them yeah so they've got like the big spiky hair and uh mm. coming up which is the uh, it's sort of like plumes but it's also their hair as well so i've kind of gone for like dyed tips <laughs> oh cool cool guy tips cool guy tips yeah it's like uh, being back in the 90s boy band era <laughs> i thought it would just be like it's like when i was at a boy band in the 90s yeah um... <laughs> i loved poison uh yeah and then actually i had a bit of a terrain binge the other day just um i'd been picking up the mortal realms magazines with the, some of the Warcry terrain and some of the AOS terrain. Oh, that's you know, where you got the terrain from. I yeah, you I... kind of... Our local shop stocks them. And uh, every now and then when I'm in there, I see it and I'm like, I can't not buy that kit for seven ninety nine because that's outrageous oh, value. Oh, it's that cheeky pocket money level, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I kind of didn't know what I was going to do with it and then suddenly kind of really got into Warcry and thought, this is perfect. So just built it all. And then I've dug out some of my old um, Azerite ruins that I had based up, but they got a bit bashed around. So I'm going to give them some TLC and pretty much got enough for a game now, I think. That's brilliant. That is really cool. Um, yeah, Warcry is definitely something I'd like to have a go at. I think the mechanics are quite swingy, so I, but I think that's quite fun. It, I think, I think it, just, it looks really casual and fun. It just like, Watch a few games because it's really like... Like swingy, swingy isn't too bad when it's quite a short game. Yeah. If it's kind of swingy and it's a two-hour game and you're just getting pounded, it's not fun at all. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it alternates as well. So Because it's got the alternating units, like if one's yeah. swingy, you still get a chance to hit back. Like It's not like yeah, you, just you get can have a swingy turn and your army's gone. And I think yeah. that from what I've seen, it, anything can do damage to anything with, yeah. you know, with a bit of luck. So it's very uh, beer and pretzels, I think. But then, saying that, I picked up the Tome of Champions book the other day and sort of was reading that last night. And the narrative stuff is amazing, really good. So is that the campaign book? Yeah, yeah. So it's got loads of extra campaigns that you can like pick for your gang to do. But then it's also got like um, a set one within this particular city, like Sorath Court, I think it's called. And then uh, a load of other, like, there's some co-op modes and things you can do as well. So there's just loads of ways to play it. So I'm really up for that. Uh, I've uh, I, I've just, I've got my game against James on in the background just to have something entertaining going on in the back. And that was the bit where he did a cheeky pass and it went off the pitch and it just got thrown back into one of my guys oh, for a nice. run-in touchdown. That was very entertaining. Sorry, I got completely distracted then. Diving catch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with diving catch. It was awesome. Uh, it was absolutely awesome. There we go, take that. But uh, would you think a ca campaign book like that would work for... Um... Oh, sound effects aren't necessary. Let's turn that off. Uh, would work for Blood Bowl? Well, I think uh, we talked a little bit about 
how we would approach solo Blood Bowl before, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Um, so I think actually that would be a really good place for it because you could really kind of give character to the, to the sort of AI, for lack of a better word, teams um, and kind of really mix it up with the cool stadiums. And actually, I mean, even playing a you know a real opponent, actually, I think the Necromantic spike that came out oh, I love that inspired one. a lot of us seeing the the particular league rules there that was really cool yeah i know that so we've talked about yeah. it a couple of times before ben as well isn't it yeah right, league settings yeah i love i love just the theme stuff like that and i think the i remember one we talked about quite a long time ago was like you know sponsorships and stuff and having that kind of ongoing in the background with like these different like organizations sponsoring you and it affects your team in different ways and things like that <laughs> and the attention of various brands yeah there's almost like um kind of pushing the role play aspect a little bit yeah more. yeah but more more narrative is is pretty good angle uh, i like warcrow because the game time is like what 35 40 minutes yeah it's not long at all yeah so it's kind of in this in the in the sevens gameplay i think it's probably quicker than sevens isn't it yeah, I think I think game, it is. yeah yeah there we go probably be longer when you consider like setting up the terrain and stuff like that but and then doing the same card then, things um yeah there's a lot of um a lot of stuff you can do preset if you've got the, yeah. the stuff or i was looking at the kind of uh roll your own terrain and it's pretty much just <laughs> roll a dice add this that's how much terrain you get put it down and it's such a small board too so yeah is, is it a kill team size board i love the board size yeah it... slash argos pin board <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that I would love to do. Is if if we if we do end up playing some more Warcry when the world reopens, then I, I can definitely see just making up a little Warcry board because the, yeah, the, the the pitch size is just perfect. It is basically it's like yeah, it's just cool. I love that. So Ian's been doing some all the hobby. Ben's been carrying on with his projects. I've been very good this week. I've painted a lot more of my Black Orc team. I did a painting yeah, stream. Good. Thanks, man. Did a painting stream oh, for a few hours. Nice um, battered gold kind of thing, isn't there? Going yeah, on? nice bronze, really nice. bit of red. Got a bit of pop on the go. So actually, pretty close. I've, I've done what you've done, Ian. And I, I want to talk about this when we do go into the painting team colours bit. Because um, I've done all like the block colours and everything like that. And I, I, There's a couple of questions I want to ask you about. like The best way to paint big batches of miniatures. And I, this is the cool thing about having both of you guys on the podcast. Is you are both big time painters to the point of whether you were just loving life experimenting with stuff buying weird tech and techniques definitely not looking at you here ben uh, or just <laughs> or just binging an unnecessary amount of miniatures in a hyperbolic time chamber element <laughs> space of Again, time well that's both of you actually <laughs> this is both of you ben just shows hey, off on stream while doing it I can lock myself into a room for 24 hours and I take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that having two kids, you'd just sleep for some of that point, Ian. Yes, I would. Yeah. <laughs> Probably just I don't think Ian sleeps. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think Ian sleeps, actually. <laughs> Maybe he sleeps in the day. Like when the kids yeah. have nap time, he has nap time too. He'll post a paint update at like half 12 a.m. and then it'll be like 5 a.m. He'll send a message in the WhatsApp group. <laughs> What yeah. are you guys thinking? Oh yeah, but so does Ian Triplo. <laughs> like every now and again, That's you'll true. get a reply yeah. at like four, four thirty, three thirty. I'm like, oh, kids, yeah, kids awake. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a dad thing. I oh, think, definitely. I think it might be. I think we've got. I've got. I've got a few years. Still nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sweet. So we've done a bunch of hobby. Uh, got some games in. 
got some fumbling which is pretty pretty sweet ben acquired a playstation 5 which is pretty cool i'm sure you absolutely legitimate means i want to stress <laughs> oh you say it the worse it sounds <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> Would we bring it up on the podcast if it was as every bit as illegal as we're hinting, Ben? <laughs> and moving on to our first topic. <laughs> and we're back. And what we're going to be doing now is looking at our top picks for our Pintuary painting challenge, basically. We've got three... What is it? Genres? Is that the... Three categories? Categories. 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 Yeah, categories. Three categories. And uh, we're going to do. Sorry. <laughs> Keith Lemon. Uh, we're going to get some sci fi. We've got some fantasy. And we've got some Blood Bowl. And we had absolutely tons of entries. So it was awesome to see all the work that you guys had done. Um, if you're not sure, or you didn't know about this, every Wednesday we do a little hobby roundup called Whip Wednesday. So if you uh, if you are working on something that you think is cool and you want to share it with everybody, then drop us an email at theboneheadpodcast at gmail.com and we'll have a look at it together. And it's been, um, it's been really good fun the last few months. So if you're working on something to just see it develop over weeks and weeks and weeks. But what we've got here are some absolutely fantastic quality projects that people have been working on now when we said about the painting challenge we didn't really give stringent like are we looking for the best this we're looking for the best this and that's the cool thing about having all three of us on here and oscar being the judge adjudicator that's a that's a unit from aos um yeah, it might be a space marine. Uh, same thing. Um, and uh, so he will, he's going to go through um, each of our top three and basically pick an overall winner for each of those categories. But I'm going to be looking for something different than Ben's going to be looking for. And Ben's going to be looking for something potentially different than what Ian's going to be looking for. I like interesting stuff and just like creativity because i am not a pro painter so That's i like say our choice is boring. no ian's, ian's yeah. choice is boring <laughs> i like boring i look for effort potentially the most uh yeah, ian looks for uh unnecessary use of multiple paints and ben looks for verdigree i think uh <laughs> Right. Without further ado, let's go have a look at our top three for the sci-fis. And we have got you up first, Ian. I'm going to gently fade it into the screen. Here we go. So, Ian, your sci-fi pick, what did you go for? Yeah, so um, I picked this awesome uh, blade guard from uh, Silver Templar, from the Silver Templars chapter. Um yeah, it's just str- strong on theme there, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, he's really into his kind of role there. He's committed. It, is, it does throw me when I see him post, you know, Lord of the Rings or something. But... Oh, that's just not allowed. <laughs> no, honestly, um, I kind of think just kind of looking at it, it's uh, <clears throat> it's kind of stylistically there's kind of a real like heavy metal or heavy metal, mm-hmm. should I say? Yeah, um, kind of quality to it. Um, but actually, looking further, and it's one of these where you've got to spend a bit of time zooming in. Just like the effort. All right, I'll zoom in. Here we go. <laughs> to get that kind of the the chipping and the paint scratches, um, and even across the uh, the symbol on the the tilting shield, like just getting that and kind of blending in the the kind of scratch highlights and things like that. I really mm. like that. Um, I also just really like looking at his face. It's kind of a real focal point and kind of bringing yeah. in those 
the reds and purples around the middle. Yeah. Uh, just really well done. I love this. Uh, I love the little effects to the yellows and this little breast shield thing that would definitely be used for jousting. Uh, yeah. Just yeah, really lovely. But that face, that skin tone. I mean, I, I talk about this a lot when I fail at paint streams and stuff or when I do Whip Wednesday, but this, is, this isn't painting a miniature. This is a great example of painting on a miniature. Yep. Like if there was no texture to that face, that would still look like a really good face because you've got the painted depth and the painted raised bits um mm. this is this is really 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 sweet i mean ben anything on this one that we haven't picked up on so far do you reckon yeah i i love this uh like ian covered like the weathering it's also stuff like um the, the shield itself like it's got sort of the like marbling effect um yeah. yeah the white shield which is just yeah which is it's just yeah like you say it's really nice it likes it's like re really cleanly done, but also looking heavily weathered, which is really difficult to do. Um, the thing is, just finally as well, like you guys have been saying, really, the fact that kind of when you look at the model, a lot of it is silver. You know, it's a silver Templar. Mm -hmm. But actually, it's everything else around that yeah, that makes really it shines. And you don't look at it and think, that just looks like a silver miniature. Yeah, that's, you see a, everything else. that's a yellow and, and white miniature. Silver. Exactly. It's in a really good like harmony nothing's kind of overpowering it's, uh, it's i imagine it's really easy when you're painting kind of a metallic space marine just to have it looking like a silver space marine. well i mean but it's just a, so a sp more. spray can of silver and some agrax and you're done <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think he's gone a few steps further thankfully <laughs> yeah this is awesome so this is the silver templar by the silver templar from the silver templars chapter and it that's is, ian's yeah. sci-fi pick ben I think I've got yours loaded up next. Yep. I so for do. me, yeah, I've chosen this Inquisitor and his cheruby friend. Um, I think the Inquisitorial Executioner from Slow Painter, Slow Painter Loz. Uh, yeah, I think this is just awesome. Like, I'm a big fan of the Inquisition um, in general That's... within 40k. I think they're really... Um... It's ironic, given your role as a rogue trader, but okay. No, no, me. I love the. I love the law. I love the. I love the. <laughs> you and your archaeotech. Uh, no, sorry, Ben. Carry on. Yeah, it's, uh, well, I love them. If, if you're um, unfamiliar with them, have a look at some of the law behind the Inquisition because they're just absolutely crazy, and you can explore so much with it. I think there's—is it like Inc. Twenty Eight is like the game, the role-playing game, which sort of explores that whole side of it, which kind of like birth like the whole like Blanchitsu um, I, I kind think, of thing I, uh, I, amongst. I think that's just based on the game Inquisitor that Games Workshop is, dropped. Yeah. About... Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But it's become a kind of a movement rather than a game. Yeah, yeah. I think you called it there, Ben, Bl Blanchitsu. So yeah. John Blanche was one of the original artists for Warhammer 40,000. And it's all weird. It's all grimdark. It's all kind of uh, steampunk meets Geiger. So it's like a mixture of Aliens 2 and um, just steampunk and cyberpunk. Yeah, that's iconic. Mm -hmm. It's just brown and dirty and... The cool thing I like about this miniature, because I think it's a great pick, Ben, is it looks like a painting. And you can see the robes yeah. where you've got 
the it, it, they've painted texture on and it's a great mixture of like the earthy tones and the dirt and the metal and things like that and the white and the purple and that blue on the handle just absolutely pops and the guy's eyes yeah. are horrifically scary like yeah they're really that's... so he's, he's done a really good job of kind of like making them look like bruised almost it's like two really bruised dark brooding eyes it's it's amazing the, the texture on Dead the leather eyes. I think is the thing that really caught me. So he's wearing like a brown leather cloak, um, yeah. and it looks like skin. Like it looks like it does. He's just literally take, taken some skin, and the color that he's used on it, where you've kind of got like you can see like sort of blues and greens and stuff mixed in there. Um, yeah, I think it's just expertly done. The the light is incredible. <laughs> like, shaded the cloak is not just like like he's painted all the shading in. It's not yeah. just the trick of the light, and it's it's just really really nicely done. I love this style. It, yeah, um, I'm really glad you picked this one actually because uh, I I do know uh, Loz, so it was kind of one of those. Uh, yeah. Like, I, you know, I want to see it do oh, really well. Oh, this is your your yeah, pain, yeah, your so, painting coach who abuses you. Yeah, yeah. that's him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. my Lawrence. <laughs> oh, if I'd known yeah. that, I would have picked him as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's gonna be an. So uh, I'm a bit low to say nice things about it, but. No, uh, I think out of all the miniatures, for me, this is the one that tells the story the most. Yeah, 100%. Um, and actually, kind of, just when you kind of draw attention to it, it's maybe not obvious straight away, but if you look at the front of the base, there's the blood splatter. And it goes and up the you, cloak as well, which is pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah. And then if you look on the hammer, he's actually yeah. just... You, you've got that kind of story there. He's just doled out an execution. And he's kind of standing back now. Yeah, there's like a, li- a tiny little bit of like extra like sort of viscera hanging off the helmet a small amount but enough to know that you know he's done it recently yes yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. No, there's cool. a, a real story here i think and that kind of <laughs> that cherub look at his face seriously zoom in it's just horrible it's, kind of... out. it's super creepy <laughs> can, can we do it can we zoom out can we zoom out i don't know if we can actually have i have something I... good about twitter actually it's I the photo have... that really really impress me Oh yeah, but yeah. anyway, for anyone who gets a chance to look, look at that chair. But it is a work of art, and the the yeah. glass oh, many. Got there, the reflections on there, really, really top. Yeah, I agree with that. The parchments are sweet as well, with the little tiny text on his. Yeah, on I his think cloak. there's a, there's a side profile view, and like the the lighting, like how it's got the parchment to look on the cloak. Oh, he's painted a proper, shadow. Like, raised. He's yeah, painted a shadow of the seal. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that might is, be my favourite part. That is next level. That's beyond levels. This guy's <laughs> playing Total War 3 while we're just battling Romans. That's, uh, <laughs> that. Hey, but I've got Rome 2. <laughs> yeah, right. But but uh, is there Kislev in it, though, Ian? You're right. No, this is awesome. Oh, that is very, yeah, very well cool. Well done, Loz. Cool. So, I believe... I am next with my sci-fi entry, and at some point here, I have got it. So, uh, I went with the Prince of Crows, uh, who did a bit for Adeptus Titanicus, and it's a Warhound Titan. So, I love AT. I've, in fact, I've got some teeny tiny Space Marines right here that I printed and have yet to paint um, because it needs to be uh, because the 40k universe is just like amazing. The 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 story there you know there's so much to explore but the reason i love this is just the the painting quality is fantastic it's a very simple paint scheme but really well executed there's great detail um you've got cool burn on the guns and things like that this is a 
vehicle of war it's a, it's a war engine uh, but there's like a cool street lamp on the base the base is all done to be destroyed and there are teeny tiny <laughs> they're not even space marines i think they're actually imperial guard or like the auxilia troops yeah. on the base as well so you've got this warhound titan walking around it's at scale so it's i don't know the size of a uh, dreadnought they're 40k dreadnought this is the size of a, a bigger than most things in blood bowl but there are these two little six mil scale snipers hiding in ruins at the feet of the miniature <laughs> that guy on his comm link there got his hand up to his uh, I don't well, know if I've... I can tell if he's just holding the gun. I don't, I'm not yeah. sure. That's the thing when it's small scale. So, so anyway, I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't hear anything. The, you know, <laughs> yeah. I love this. I love the scheme. It's well executed. The gold shines. The red edges they glow. You know, uh, but it's got that beautiful kind of almost uh, sort of knightliness, like regal, mm. like the livery. The colours are bright. It's all clean, but it is literally against this background of destruction and terror and more grimdark like this is the knight riding through the graveyard and i just yeah. think it's absolutely awesome uh love the detail love the detail yes yeah, i think just they've really really captured the sense of scale which i think is something really hard to do um with titanicus when you see a model out of context yeah, when it's not stood next to its terrain and a load of other kind of differently sized titan um, to kind of capture that on the base and kind of contain within one model is really cool and, that and another is... thing to draw attention to is just that the muzzle burn on the flaming yeah. I'm not, I, I won't pretend to be an expert here, it looks like a big flamer it's, it, it, it's an inferno cannon I think, I'm not oh, okay, entirely cool. sure myself, but yeah it is a massive flamer a massive titan level flamer so that is yeah. cool so those are our top three sci-fi picks um and we will send those off to oscar so thank you so much and congratulations to those three pieces don't get me wrong though there was a ton more to pick from um this whole thing's got me feeling awful there's so many that deserve yeah. <laughs> there was and, you know, maybe we can um do a gallery or something or... oh yeah yeah we should definitely do that um but there's i've got to have one tiny honorary mention because ben davy who we had on uh, oh i know 10 episodes ago ben when we talked about the teams the winners and losers he painted some titans and they were also beautiful i had like a cool mars basing and like the whole mm -hmm. legs were weathered up it just looked absolutely sweet um so yeah titans big robots big stompy robots who knew uh, you know what? No Battlefleet Gothic ships entered. That would have just been <laughs> that would have just been an auto win, I think, for me. I would have just been like, remember yeah, that next time. That, there you go. Yeah, for the next one, Battlefleet Gothic. The next, yeah, I put a tanks uh, category in the next oh, one. I, lo I love tanks. I love tanks. Do you guys remember the world of uh, the world of tanks adverts that they had? The, is, was Arnie on that? It was no, just he was on TV adverts. Something and uh world of tanks they would just like have this little family like having a picnic and then this massive tank just drives through their picnic and the dad and the boy are just there like look at it going i love tanks it's just so good it's just it's just the most it's just the most ben thing imaginable it just make me so happy if i've had a bad day put that on i'm just like yeah i love tanks anyway <laughs> on on today i do love tanks though right let's move on what have we got next that's another picture of the warhound that's another picture of the warhound that is also the warhound that is the, we get it. You like the reverse of the it's warhand. Really... Ah, okay. <laughs> Next up, we've got your fantasy pick, Ian. 
Yes. So under the fantasy category, we've got HD. And this is a trouble from Warplock Miniatures. Uh, I do oh, really like Warplock Miniatures. Yeah, they've I remember been... back, back in the early days when, when Warsier was still a thing. Uh, kind of seeing that kind of company form and just such characterful models. And HD has done just an incredible job bringing it to life. And I think just kind of looking at it, the, the kind of word I want to use, and I'm not an artist, you know, particularly. Oh, here we go. A real softness to it. Oh. There's almost like, um, I don't know how to describe it, like halcyon kind of um, appearance to it, where it's just kind of dreamy. Um, it looks like an illustration. Yeah, it, it's really amazing. And kind of. It reminds me a lot of um, Labyrinth. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, that's probably just the nose, though. Um, trouble, yeah. and there would be like a huggle in there, wasn't there, or something? Yeah, but yeah, just look at the um, look at the textures he's achieved on the the little mushrooms, the rock itself, just like that really kind of light mossing effect. The, the rock is 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 awesome, and I don't just mean the guy who just bought the XFL. Uh, this this <laughs> painted rock here, it it looks so natural, and yeah, I think you're right, Ian. I think that the mushrooms are sweet as well. So it's it's this weird little gerbil thing. Uh, that is just chilling out on a rock. I'm going to assume it's a unit in the game. Oh, he sculpted the rock. There's actually pictures of the green stuff. Yeah. And he sculpted and the, the butterfly. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. That butterfly, yeah. That is Obviously. a absolute and top job. The wing pattern there. Just yeah. like everything has this amazing texture to it. This um, looks like so much. This looks like an absolute joy to paint. Yeah, it kind of makes me want to get on actually, and and look at the company a bit more because I know they do some amazing stuff. Oh. But seeing it painted by other people, I think just makes you think about it a bit more and kind of what what can you do with it? it? Do you know exactly? Uh, yeah, he did actually say a fun little model, a joy to paint. Um, yeah. So yeah, and uh, they said really enjoy it, extended the base out. So Ben, this has got some uh, some proper basing on there as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I... Adore, it. It's just the easy color. Like it's the it's the real like he said, just the, the the weathering, the mossiness of the rock compared to the uh, the guy himself. Yeah, he just stands out from the base, and the base itself looks fantastic. You basically got, got like two little scenes here. I just think it's so it's so cute. I love it. <laughs> it really is. It is really cute. <laughs> so that is brilliant. That's uh, HD. And next up, <clears throat> oh, it's a Nazgul. Hmm. <laughs> BT, yeah. I think this is you. So I've got I've got the Nazgul here uh, as my pick. I think this is really clever because there are not that many colours that this person has used on this model, but it just looks great out of the movie. Um, and like the the way they've uh, shaded the wings to be like to really stand out, just with like different gradients of sort of like black to grey, but also putting in a little bit of like sort of sepia sort of beige in there um to kind of make it look it looks more alive um with like the veins running down it i just I think it's really cleverly done because i mean i've got this model and i don't know how to paint it because it's like you look at the nazgul and it's like all black but then this is just a masterclass and how to do it so is this the one that comes in the pelinor box i believe it is yeah oh that's amazing so yeah so you get you get the option of the witch king or a normal Normal yeah. And but that. yeah, I think uh, you're quite right that it's black, but actually when you break down black, there's so many kind of different tones and 
and things you can you can do within black, isn't there? So I mean, you've kind yeah. of got that more. I uh, always had a lot of respect for the Black Templars payers out there, you know, for the I had a lot of a lot of respect for the Dark Angels pre heresy guys. But this is just fifty shades of black. Uh <laughs> That's that's fantastic. But yeah, I think then you called it with the veins and the spot highlighting that just makes mm-hmm. it look like it's come it's funny. This may sound a little bit derogatory to the movies, but it looks like the CGI in the movies. Like it's just got that <laughs> it does. It it's properly captured the Nazgul from the films, and I think it's fantastic. Yeah, that is exactly love, what you think of Love to uh, face down against that. So yeah, let's let's talk very very quickly. How has they how have they achieved that effect on the wings? Then is that just what do you think? Is that airbrush? Is that just constant? Hi- I dr- guess that's airbrushing. I guess it's airbrushed with the the veins painted on. Yeah, it's it's the really sort of smooth transitions you get, which you can get with a dry brush for sure. But I looking at this one, it's it's so smooth. I think probably airbrushed. Yeah, and some lovely edge highlighting on the cloak. That is mm-hmm. yeah, that's really well done really nice it's the yeah so the texture difference with the cloak as well is another good way to like breaking up the black using different textures yeah you got like yeah the 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 body of the nazgul is quite rough and then you can have a smooth cloak and it just differentiates the model rather than making it blend into one do you know know what this kind of looks like something you could pay 155 pounds from at um forbidden planet in a yeah it does this looks like one of those seven pound gift shop (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Come on, ben. if it was a black okay. horn then you know maybe <laughs> yeah like like one of those kind of wetter uh workshop kind of models yeah. that they do that produce, yeah. yeah yeah this goes on the shelf next to your bat left um <laughs> that's that is that's top praise that is fantastic that so is, that's yeah. that's the nazgul for fantasy and then naturally i went for the giant so Turtle Timbo uh, says, Meet Bardo Storm Surge, Kraken Eater, and Son of Bearmat fear his wrath. So it, we've talked about we talked about this miniature before uh, because we were like, can we get this for Blood Bowl? Like, can we fit this into Blood Bowl? And I still one day will fit it into Blood Bowl. But, I mean, I don't know what else to say about this. It's There's just a thousand details. It's a giant. The skin is amazing. The gammy eye is fantastic. And when you zoom in, you can kind of see the layers, which is, you know, it's just that painting on a miniature again. And it pops, and it's designed to pop from two feet away on the tabletop. And each Mm -hmm. of these layers has been executed brilliantly. But, I mean, Ian, you've painted one of these. I have, yes. And did it in, like, four days, which was... Not quite. (laughs) Absolutely not, but it wasn't far off. Um, Four days worth it hours maybe yeah. maybe but there's just a thousand details and time has been spent on each one of them including the seagull uh to just make them stand out i mean the seagull's even got poop stains you know <laughs> that's just commitment i don't yeah. think i could ever paint a miniature this size and put this much work into it um because this must be a mammoth of a painting task but it's kind of a cheat to choose this miniature because it is a giant miniature with about 27 individual miniatures stuck onto it and on the base <laughs> and you got yeah you got tattoos you've got a thousand different colors you've got purple green blue brown you've got scales he's done scales beautifully well as well 
like there's a bit of fish or something on tied to his belt. And you got yeah, I was gonna extra mention the tattoos as well. I think some I'm not I'm, I might be completely wrong, but that kind of tattoo really ties into the the nautical like kraken eater. Like it's the sort of thing you'd see. Is it kind of like Viking maybe? Like I'd say Greek. Um, Greek, yeah. yeah. But like I can Greek. picture it along boats for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is nautical, definitely like coastal. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, and yeah, look, looking at the base details as well, you kind of got the treasure. You've got some sort of uh, meat product. Is that <laughs> meat <nice>. product? <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Yeah, like I say, having having painted one of these, like knowing what goes into it, and for him to do that so well and consistently. And I think special mm-hmm. shout out to the skin because yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, a big model that is really hard to do. Be... Get that kind of soft yeah. shading um, that doesn't it doesn't look blocky. It kind of all just yeah really blends in well. So yeah. fair play here. It's kind of it's almost hard to find the words because yeah. <laughs> there's so much to take in, isn't there? Like you could spend a long time looking at this. I am a huge oh, well. fan of these villages. But yeah, this is uh, this is an army in one miniature, like, and that's just absolute <laughs> like, extra props. Well, I know, but you know, for for me, this is an army's worth of painting on yeah. one guy, and, yeah, yeah. and that is just something that takes a special bit of consideration. I mean, I painted the Windsor Chog Giant, which has got to be barely half the size of this guy, and definitely, although an incredible miniature that is now currently out of production, um, was just a joy to paint and has a thousand bits on it but this is just laden with bits gubbins everywhere so that's sweet so those were our fantasy top three before we move on sorry yep. i'm gonna just say i don't know if we said um for my nazgul that was submitted by phil trim so thank you i'm not oh, sure if you mentioned the name right on ben yeah thank you we missed that one cool so those three fantastic top three for fantasy and being that we are a blood bowl podcast let's move on to the Blood Bowl entries. And first up, we've got Ripper. Yes, so we've got Jim Bob. This was uh, my pick. Uh, Ripper Bullgrot. And yeah, I think just th- this model is kind of one that you can enjoy from kind of any distance. Because kind of when you look at it, it's so impactful. Kind of just looking at the, the kind of color variations on the skin in particular. And how it kind of blends from the belly back to the kind of scales and skin, and then kind of down to the nose, the ears, like really, really smooth and really naturalistic. Um, but then at the same time, color. it's mate, it's incredible. I zoom in and look at his belt buckle, for example. Oh um, yeah, I hadn't even noticed that. Like that, that looks like a piece of art on its own, to be honest. That skull, just seeing the kind of light verdigris kind of around the outside mm-hmm. the the shading on that and then yeah i think this to me i think being a classic model as well it is a classic model and you can really tell model, doesn't it? you can tell from the casting quality of the chain mail on the fist mm-hmm. it's, it's not what uh what we've currently come to expect but it yeah doesn't lack in any way because of it the painting makes up for the fact that it's a 30 year old miniature or whatever he makes yeah. it work because the, the the gauntlet is instead incre- like incredibly heavily rusted, yeah. which kind of hides that, and it works in its favour. It's dirty, and I think as 
another thing to draw out is that kind of uh, thin line of vomit just coming out of his uh, his mouth, mouth there. Yeah, yeah. He's How do you notice that? Every time you point something out, I find something new. I've spent a long time looking at these pictures and zooming in <laughs> and so, just really trying to take it. In. It's kind of a learning opportunity. These just looking at them, thinking, "Oh, I've never tried that, but I might give it a go." Oh, that's uh, um, that's a very blood tide thing to say. Even the horn, <laughs> like, is just brilliantly done. But very good. the individual scales on the armor uh, on the legs, sorry, they have yeah. they are individual scales, but they have the same gleam, like the same gleam pattern across all of yeah. them tied together. It looks like it just yeah. looks like a mosaic floor with correct lighting. Uh, this is just yeah, they're almost like pearlescent, kind of got that kind of sheen to them. This, really, really clever. Yeah, this is this is it's, just incredible. It's a phrase that's coined and like used even by another podcast. It's, it's it's painting bravely and like it's using stuff like you know it wouldn't occur to just an everyday painter to think oh yeah today I'm gonna paint this guy using blues and greens to black at the bottom of his belly and then make that blend into like beige pink red and then make it absolutely pull off and work naturally but it's it's incredibly clever the the skin yeah. tones for me are just incredible i'd be really interested actually going on from what you said uh, blood tie to kind of go and have a look if there's any work in progress and just kind of take a look at how mm. the process is done because, yeah, this is kind of beyond any of us, I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah. It's amazing. Like, just the, the colour work. Yeah, definitely. Oh, there is some work in progress. Just had a look at the profile. Oh, there is. <laughs> oh, there is. So That's a cool thing about these. Um, you can go and, and have a look at these guys on social media most of the time and just see some of the work they've done. Because it's it's inspirational. Like, even if you take a tiny bit of one of these models away and go, oh, you know what, I'm going to try and replicate that. Which I did when I did the Windsor Jog giant i was like right i'm gonna go for an ian skin tone let's mix some colors in and it was great and it came out really well and i was re really proud of it and that's one thing i learned from that and that's it yeah, i want to put it's easy to, it's mm -hmm. daunted, but try and use them and just pick one thing that you really like that you might try on your own thing and then it's been worth it hasn't it i, I don't want to put words in blood ties mouth but ben is always a big proponent of try and try one thing like try one thing just try this painting thing try this technique just try this and then if you you learn it you get better at it you can apply it to a bigger thing and uh it's a real legit painting level up um yeah mm. really cool but nothing so, to lose by trying something new really yeah uh, it depends on how much the miniature cost um i'll scroggle hunch hunt yeah yeah. <laughs> oh, kapla. Okie dokie. Next up, we have got an orc. Ben, this is 32mm matte. Yes. So I think this one just immediately caught my eye with like the boldness, I guess, is the is the word to use. Like the skin is really bright, but contrasted that with the really I'd say realistic uh materials on like his, his armor and like trousers and things. I think it it's just really eye-catching. Um, his skin kind of actually reminds me of how you paint your skin, Ian, with like quite deep recesses of purple. Yeah. Um, this comes out to really bold green, probably bolder than you do a lot yeah. of your orcs. Yeah. I say this um, goes more limey direction. Yes. Yeah. That's, 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 moot, that's moot green. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Moot Green is completely invisible on the uh, on the green screen. There green you go. Screen. That is it. And some armor in this picture, then. Um, right. So um, what Ben was saying about yeah, the texture, okay. I've got the I've got the trousers up on screen, Ben. But let's just talk it through for those listening on the podcast. That looks yeah, like so, oh. legit canvas. Yeah, yeah like, like a burlap stack. stack. Really good. That's amazing. Mm. How do you I even think it's do fantastic. that? I think so there's, there's lots, lots of small lines. Yeah, loads and loads. Because um, he's also done it kind of the sim- or the similar effect on the leather straps. All that like a really contrast against the metal, where the, you've got like the really like chipping. Yeah, there's uh, yeah. Of, like layers of scratches too. Yeah. So it's kind yeah. of been built up. Um, yeah, very uh, clever. One thing I think is fantastic is on the right arm, you've got the creases of the elbow that, that are just, yes. they're just legit purple lines. But yeah. Because, like Ben said, he's got the the deep purple shading in there, which, you know, I mean, Ian has probably sold more pots of drooky violet to wobble oh. than, um, you know, <laughs> anywhere else in the world. Um, and it just works so well. But that that's not even it. You've got the, the armor looks like cast iron. Yes. Yeah. So deep yeah. gunmetal. Uh, yeah. I, I love it. I, I, that sort of metal, I think, is like uh, that's that's kind of why I picked this. It's just like the, the metal is just so realistic. I think it looks fantastic. I, I really like the sort of dark, grungy, and especially in contrast with that amazing skin. I think it's like, yeah. I just thought this really wowed me. I think it's not like it's not particularly heavily weathered either, but no. where it is, it's really effective. So yeah. if you look at around some of those rivets. Uh, for example, They're light rusting. Yeah, yeah. It's just, um, it's classy. I think it's yeah. really easy to go over the top. Yeah, which I frequently do. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, the metal work is amazing. The leather work is amazing. But that that metal just looks like actual metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like an awkward wear that. It totally. looks yeah. heavy and it looks cold and. You know, and there's little little bits of mud, little scratches, like little accumulations of dirt, and you can see on either side of the the chin helmet. You know, there's like (laughs) what just looks like streaks of mud from where he's picked up on the ground. And then when you look at that picture, you can kind of just bounce down, and there you see they've got more of that texture on the the trousers. It's just this is just a seriously realistic looking armor set. With a highly fantastic-looking, um, cell, almost you know, like cell-shaded skin, like just it's just incredible. Yeah, I really yeah. like this one. And I've got to say, yeah, brilliant work, thirty-two millimeter, Matt. There's some there's some beautiful blood ball miniatures that we got to see, and there was about yeah. seventeen beautifully painted black orc teams. Like Steve oh, Steve, so Steve Cross had a great one in there as well. Like there's just an absolute ton. So thirty-two millimeter, Matt. For the Black Orc and mine is Fifty Shades of Null. And this one is the Tree Man. But it is no ordinary Tree Man. This one has LEDs in its skull. (laughs) It's just awesome. So we saw some uh, some whip of this. And to be fair, Fifty Shades got it in on Jan 31st. Beautifully done. 
<laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know if I can find any more pictures of it. No, I can't on this one. I've just I, I failed you. I failed you. But this miniature pops, and let's just ignore the glowing lights for a second. You've got the beautiful feathers, and uh, feathers. You've got the beautiful leaves that are pink. He's blended in with the pink parts of like the under bark of the tree mm -hmm. as well. You've got individual like the the toadstools and you've got a base that blood tithe ben would be jealous of all the tufts <laughs> all the mark like it looks like actual moss as well like yeah it really not, does it's not just static grass he's built this base up he's added a tons of layer he's got the mushrooms in there he's got the beautiful like pink which is just really cool i've not considered that you got the spike who's just chilling out on the top and then you've got that incredible effect, which isn't cheating because it's just genius. And like I said, like I'm looking for creativity in this. It's just so extra that I, I, I can't be bothered to do this. But this is a very cool idea. And having the I LEDs in there. Oh. There's, a, there's a, lot of, um, a lot of trees on the market, really, uh, model-wise. But... You know, this is kind of showing where plastic really shines, I think. Literally. In that kind of, it's got that kind of hollow. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dear me. I'll let me compose myself after that. Yeah, so um, <laughs> yeah, kind of plastic as the kind of, as, as a modeling material and kind of the fact that you've got the kind of hollowness that you can use. And, um, you know, I'll shout out Drew's as well, Drew Greedy's. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was great into that and he's got this halfling inside the tree man um as moriarty which is hilarious yeah um but yeah it kind of it's a model that i think some of us have taken a while to warm to but i think this one just kind of is like yep yeah, okay it's really cool <laughs> it sells it I, th yeah. I think with the um the composition of the picture as well where it's really dark it makes it look really spooky it really makes that light shine out oh like, this looks spooky this is like a really we'll creepy out. like magic tree and yeah i love it i think it's you're right ben it's so creative using lights within it and i you, you mentioned cheating uh absolutely not it's just a different you know it, it's 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 light which is exactly what we try and emulate on a model why emulate it when you can actually use light <laughs> to do light like fantastic this is this is all levels of clever that i appreciate backed up with just a really really good paint job and a fantastic base the model itself mm -hmm. is pretty unassuming there's not a huge amount of detail on there to really go with it's a tree there is bark but actually the undertone of the bark versus the gray and just that base what what 50 shades is he has capitalized on every single individual opportunity within that miniature and then Absolutely. just glued it on two inches of his own uh yeah <laughs> which i think is genius um absolutely brilliant so guys that does wrap up our top three top three uh for our painterary competition um but i gotta say to the i don't know potentially hundreds of like yeah whips and and entries and everything there wasn't a bad one in there it was awesome no, this uh, was honestly really hard work to to yeah. narrow it down you know, there's such amazing people who would probably go to their local event and, and win that yeah. we just couldn't, you know, we just couldn't pick them all, unfortunately. Then that's that's the cool thing about this hobby. 
especially I think in the Blood Bowl community. Uh, I know that there's a ton of cool stuff that people do for AOS and things like that. We've seen a couple of great miniatures. But I think where you've got a Blood Bowl and you need 12 to 14 players, I feel like it actually enables you to be a little bit more creative because you've got the time. Whereas, And you will both be able to kind of back me up here. Uh, when it comes to doing an army, if you're going to do some special stuff with the entire army, that's going to cost you. Whether it's basing, yeah, the commitment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you tend to focus on the characters for that reason, don't you? Yeah. In the, you yeah. know, the recognizable ones. Although um, I did a few arm swaps on my grots, but no one will know. <laughs> no one will know. But you'll <laughs> desperately cling on to them as the last few goblins I'll, alive. I'll put them right at the front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, fantastic. We are going to let Ian take a comfort break, and then <laughs> we'll be. <laughs> and we'll be back to talk about choosing your team colors and uh i pestered these two with questions about painting so we will be right back and we're back so we are going to have a look now um, and just talk through some some stuff about how you go about choosing your team's colors so you've got a brand new spanking blood bowl team or 29 and uh you know there's a tournament coming up tomorrow how do you go about choosing <laughs> the paint scheme how do you choose your colors so what we're going to do is just going to have a little chat about a couple of different ways to do it then we're going to look at some uh, some actual painting theory uh and we're just going to have a little lesson from uh, ben and ian here so starting off guys ian start us off man how how do you go about choosing your team colors what are some ways to do that yeah so um there's kind of three kind of ways that i would approach it really personally um so the first way is to kind of with blood bowl in particular look at actual sports teams look at real world sports teams look at kind of the kit color combinations um and you know the fact is it's an easy way we know they work you know they're people have pumped millions of dollars and mm -hmm. pounds into uh to kind of getting these combinations and, and making their kind of kits iconic and memorable so why not uh lift a bit from there so um i like that lift <clears throat> yeah so i mean i've recently on the blood bowl community give a give a shout out to a really good black orc team i've seen using the minnesota vikings scheme mm kind of following that and it, and it just looks really good the kind of um, purple and yellow you, yeah, you, yeah. You, you can't go wrong with purple and yellow with a cheeky bit of white in there as well to break it up it works great on the Vikings team and uh, I've had at least one dwarf team with that scheme before um, because it looks, um, makes it look quite wealthy like a kind yeah. of quite wealthy looking scheme Ben's a big purple, fan of purple oil. and gold mm. yeah because that's the other thing to say that you know metallics themselves can can take up a color spot as it were so oh um, yeah gold is Probably a good example orange. kind of can stand in for either kind of orange or yellow oh, thank, depending on what kind of tech you go thank, for thank goodness for that because uh, <laughs> my black orc team is mostly bronze <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean then you could look at if you wanted to kind of go go a different route is look at what colors would go with that look at the real world examples that have yellow or that kind of deeper yellow, uh, and then think about what they've matched it with. I think you've gone red, haven't you? Yeah, I've gone bronze as like the core armor. I've gone grey for the fabric, and I've gone red for kind of like the straps and 
tags and like the accent pop color. Now I don't know what the actual terminology is for for that. I mean, have I? T- t- yeah, let's just jump ship ever so quickly, guys. So <laughs> there is. It seems like, like with the Minnesota Vikings paint scheme, you've got purple as the primary color, yellow as the secondary, and then there's the third kind of. What is the third called? Is it an accent color? It, it depends how much kind of it it takes up, and we'll come and come onto it a bit with the color theory bit. But um, yeah, it depends if it's kind of trying to be in balance or if, like you say, it's just trying to act. I think. Yeah. Cool. Right. Well, I look forward to seeing if my team's passed the color theory test. <laughs> I think the good thing about that is you can you can find one that will match. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Put LED lights in it, and I'm there. Yeah. Um, right. Brilliant. So yeah, that's a great start in uh, copy real teams because yeah, not only do you get the kind of the the pop of a color scheme because, like Ian said, a lot of work's probably gone into those, and millions and millions of jerseys have been sold. But you also get a kind of tie-in, whether you, especially if it's a team that you personally relate to. So yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. a big, I'm a big Packers fan. I also happen to enjoy the color green, which is probably due to my surname. And um, and my team, my Skaven team, the Never Bay Nightmares, green and yellow. I'm yeah. a Packers fan, yeah. green and yellow, and I've gone green and yellow with them, and I have to try very hard not to use green and yellow for basically everything. <laughs> Uh, just because it's a color combo that I like, and you can vary it, and you know it's fine. That's, yeah, it's just a, there's a comfort blanket of knowing it works. Yeah, I agree. It's also well. particularly good in um, particularly good in Blood Bowl as well, because a lot of these sports teams have like striped colors as well. So if you're looking more into like that's more of like a football or soccer kind of route, um, you can look at those teams, and I feel as soon as they have like stripes, like red and white, or like you know. Or even yeah, like blue and uh, or sorry, green and yellow, like you say. As soon as it's striped, it suddenly looks like sports. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, look at um, the 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 Greenfield Grasshuggers, the the kind yeah. of studio halfling team. Um, I think when you look at them, you wouldn't necessarily think Green Bay Packers. No, they use the same colours, but no. like you said, <laughs> they mixed it up with stripes, or you know, you might do like quartering or something. Um, yeah. You can use those colours, but do it in a less obvious way, so it's not a complete port of the kit. But if you had, like, uh, you know, your armour or your jerseys were uh, purple and yellow quartered, it would it would still kind of, you know the colours work together, but it wouldn't look like a direct influence. So you can be clever mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. That doesn't sound totally stressful really to paint at all. Um <laughs> And quartering is iconically fantasy as well, or not fantasy, but like medieval as well. So you can kind yeah, of tie yeah. that in. Yeah. That's a really, really, really good shout as well. Okay, so that's uh, real teams. What well, actually, a... what Ben's just said, it's on really nicely. Go There's for it. another way. I'll just, but now I'm just going to go for it. I'm on a roll now. Go, go, go. <laughs> go. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, yeah, looking at kind of other, other real world kind of uniforms or, or color combinations yeah. and also fantasy itself so i mean one example that i always love to look at the empire when Mm -hmm. when you're kind of working with a human team uh, or halflings or anything like that um look at the empire in warhammer and look at some of those kind of the regions and things so for example the nobility team i'm working on at the moment are the uh, the talapheim twitchers and they are um 
kind of red and white. Uh, and I'd kind of ummed and ahed about the, the metallic color to use. And I decided to go against gold working with those colors from looking at some of the, um, the kind of older armies and realizing that kind of a darker silver worked really nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, I based a lot of my um, bubble teams that I've been working on. Oh, well, I hesitate to use the word finished. Um, that I've <laughs> at least started uh, have been based on similar because it's nice. Like it's, I like to at least pick a location as part of their name, and then you can go in the lore and you can see the sort of garb from a lot. A lot of it comes from the really old books from Warhammer Fantasy. Um, you look at their garb and. Yeah, you can kind of use that as inspiration. Yeah, so yeah, my Blackhawks as well are kind of gone for a traditionally bad moon colour scheme, but kind yeah. of inverted. So traditionally, they're kind of mostly yellow with, with black checks and black um, dags, but I kind of flipped it and went black with yellow. So similar to the mm -hmm. kind of box, but going for the yellow instead of the white sort of thing. Yeah, just sort of like taking what you have and mixing it up to make it your own is a really good tip, I think. So I, 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 I personally I, I, a I, massive fan of starting from a kind of from a, a fluff point of view, from a narrative point of view. Like, so I know you guys yeah. just talked about um, like finding a place, finding a map, and then checking the heraldry of that. Whether it's, I think that ties into whether you're a sports fan. So you know we're in Southampton. So if you're a Saints fan, have it a blue, uh, have it a blue. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> watch out. Yeah, yeah. Have it, uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. The the big. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. And then he went missing. Um, but no, have it, have it a red and white striped team to tie that in. You know, or if you've got uh, like just because that's from where you are, like that's the story of your team, or you know, finding a place in the in the Blood Bowl world that just has got a cool sounding name, and then you know, you guys are completely right. The Empire is bang on for this in Warhammer lore, but it also works for Bretonia. Um, so it's just finding that place, finding that name, and you can kind of build the story around it, and that will help you look at some of the some of the uniforms and the heraldry of those places, and that alone could inspire you to kind of find a paint scheme to anchor that story into so i i i like this position i like this finding a place that that ties in to your miniatures and using that yeah. um, to start off with um so I mean, one, one other thing and going on the bretonian theme a tiny bit is uh you know you could look at your own family heraldry if you if you know your you know, your family has a coat of arms and things like that. You can normally look them up online and, yeah. and find what where your kind of is a derivative of. Or, you know, if you if you happen to be in uh, the Highlands and you have a, a clan tartan, um, using some of your kind of own history, you know, you are the coach, this is your team. So infuse it with a bit of you. That's a really good idea. That's something that Rich, is, Rich that would do. Cool idea. Yeah, <laughs> I think he has. <laughs> I think yeah. he probably has. Yeah, my crest isn't um, that all very uh, exciting, to be honest with you. I think mine, I think is, mine uh, was... Uh, yeah, which, is, which works really nicely. Yeah. <laughs> mine was red and white, which is like my high-up team. <laughs> um, yeah. I was going to like sort of segue off that into uh, sort of even, even deeper. The one I've got written down is um, ancient cultures. Yeah. 
And the reason I have this one down is sort of like ancient Egypt or like uh, a lot of like the East, um, like Greek, Roman, things like that. They used color in really, really, really weird ways that you wouldn't initially think. They're like, it can be quite difficult. Let's say you have a color scheme you really want, but you don't really know how to use it. Let's say it's two difficult colors to work together. I'm just going to pull them out. Let's say like, I don't know, blue and lime green or something, which can be maybe quite difficult to work together. Um, the Seattle you really Seahawks would like a word with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bad example. But no, it's a horrible color scheme. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be that horrible. You might be able to look at something like ancient Egypt with like a lot of their, um, their garb is really quite eclectic and like Chinese and Japan and stuff like that, where they use just so much color, but really creatively. And it's in ways that you wouldn't think of because it could be like, flowers or something like that or um symbols or maybe a rope that goes around could be a certain color and you've got that color just sort of put in you'd normally paint a rope maybe just like you know brown but yeah. then making that rope like the teal or something yeah, exactly. and really the change strap, it kind of um punch gloves and things like that yeah exactly a lot of yeah a lot of here, isn't there that you could i think yeah mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever painted them anything other than brown so that's something yeah. i might need to look at yeah, it's just it's definitely something because I've been doing a lot of like like the Rising Sun box where you paint like Japanese stuff and they've got things it, um they've got a lot of art on the box and it's just like things which you'd never even think of. Yeah, really clever. Okay, so we kind of got uh, copying something from real life and then taking inspiration from a geographical or story or something like based. Uh, the heraldry and, and bits like that we've got looking at inspiration from other kind of from like basically art and from military history i think is probably a, a good way of saying that one mm -hmm. uh what else have we got what other ideas or other ways to find your team's colors yeah so i think kind of the next main way to approach it is um going from more of a color theory point of view okay so often I think you go into into painting a team and, and maybe you've got one colour in mind. Like, okay, I want these guys to be blue. But then it's kind of if you haven't got a kind of real world touchstone to kind of borrow from, looking at different ways that you could combine blue with other colours and and get a really nice effect. And one that's maybe like a, a proven method. It's not kind of hard and fast rules in art, you know. And this is stuff I'm really only just kind of scratching the surface of getting into and having tried a few times myself. So I'm sure, um, you know, Oscar Lars would have a lot more to say about this stuff because he is, you know, a, a properly trained artist. But um, it's just some ways that you can you can find some colours that, that should work, basically. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know if you want to get up. Um, some of the, the let's go we found let's go for yeah, it so okay so hopefully first up i had the triadic is that right yeah, so complementary ideally i think we want to start with <clears throat> okay let me have a look and just switch over the graphic real quick so we're looking for complementary gotcha whoa okay yeah star so, of chaos um yeah, this doesn't mean use every color <laughs> this is easy guys um, use all yeah, the colors on your team <laughs> no this is just um so if you're not familiar with this kind of idea of the color wheel this is just a kind of basically yeah it is what it says on the tin it's a wheel of colors 
um, and looking at them kind of going round and kind of it's done by their sort of like values and things like that. So if you were to say want, uh, let's go with that purple and yellow because we've actually just been talking about that with the, the Vikings, for example. Yeah. In a complementary scheme, you're looking for two colours that are opposite on the wheel. So you can see the arrows pointing between the opposite colours. Yeah. You've got purple and yellow. So, okay, pick those two. Obviously, there's a bit more to it because then you're looking at the kind of um, intensity or the kind of how dark, how light, how warm, how cold those different colours are. But it's a good starting point mm -hmm. that if you were to pick purple, you know, with some certainty, you would know that yellow would kind of bounce off it really well and that both stand out. So is that um, so, yeah. is, is that kind of the purpose of this? Is, it, is this the kind of thing you can use then to say, right, what colour is my main colour to be? You know, randomly decide it. Or you're like, actually, I really enjoy painting blue. You know, because there, there are colours that I think everybody kind of enjoys painting more because they've got more hues of that or they're more used to painting that. And I think unabashedly green because I think I have all the green paints ever. Absolutely. Because tanks, tanks, tanks. But, you know, um, <laughs> you know, so you, you choose a colour green. And then you can use this kind of the complementary chart to look at what's opposite it. So interestingly, green here is flagging up saying that red is a good colour to be opposite it. Yeah, Christmas so team. they'll both they'll both pop. Yeah, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Christmas team. Now, thing, this is just this is one way, obviously, but you'll know that if you've got green and you've got red, they'll pop off each other. So can I intercede here with a with a with a question or a point? skin color does yeah. that play into this as well because on my orc team obviously yeah. i've got bronze and i've got the red and the red and the green on the skin does actually seem to work really well together yeah so when you're painting something like an orc or something or a troll i mean we've seen loads of like red skin trolls and stuff like that we're kind of looking at the kit and the armor here of the bubble player but what kind of level do you include the like the skin color so if it's a rat ogre you've got like skin and fur kind of colors do you do you, well you guys both of you do you kind of incorporate that into this or do you use the colors just for the kit and let the skin just be what it is yeah i think I, I, that depends definitely go on man so i was going to say yeah 100% i i, I think like every part of the model, you know, needs or can be cohesive and and work together. So absolutely include like you're also talking to the guy with a whole bunch of like red and green orcs <laughs> as well before we came. Yeah, I, I I absolutely agree. You can do really creative things with the whole model. Like even if it's um, this might be going to different points. So I'll bring this up in a second. And if you want to say your point on this, yeah. No, I was just going to say I think that there isn't really a wrong answer to that um i think it depends how much of the model is taken up by that by the skin and also kind of the strength of the color so for example if i was doing a human team uh, the skin color i try and you know incorporate various skin tones but for the the large part the kind of base color of them is fairly neutral so it shouldn't really throw the colors too much but I think orcs was a really good example there. Um, that's something you definitely can consider, and particularly if they're less armoured and green is a bigger part of it. Yeah. Um, 
and this is so if you were doing complementary for example you so let's take that vikings example if you had uh, yellow and purple green is quite close to yellow so you would have to think about what kind of green you want to use to go mm -hmm. off of that yellow because if it's a yellowy green you might find it gets lost it would be washed yeah yeah exactly so you might go for a deeper green um that's kind of going to differentiate it more so it's definitely a consideration yeah you're right perhaps more neutral purple shading both of the yeah, brown purple shading <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So that's complementary colours. Um, that's interesting. So I have one more point with the complementary. Yeah, colors. please do. This is um, this is genuinely really interesting for me. So sorry, you guys out there, if any of you've fallen asleep. I hope you haven't, because this is <laughs> this is this is interesting. I've never really considered this, and I've been painting toys since. I don't know how old were we in six, seven, seven? Yeah, twenty-five years. <laughs> oh damn! I know, right? <laughs> I'm 25 and two. Yeah. <laughs> Happy 25 year anniversary. Uh, that is a layup. Anyway, uh, sorry, Ben, you, you were. Um, yes. Uh, so, with the complementary colours, something I've found fairly recently um, through only through painters a lot better than I am, um, sort of telling me, um, is. It can they can be used in different ways, not just sort of complementing each other as colours on the model. So, for example, I don't know if this is purely colour theory, or if it might just be um, these colours because I've tried, I haven't had a chance to try it properly with other colours. But when I paint yellow, this is sort of a trick I learned off of Goobertown Hobbies. By the way, he's got a good video on it. He primed stuff in pink and then put a yellow ink as a filter over pink. And it makes it incredibly bold because those colours, because it's like a really bright yellow and kind of a pink on the colour wheel, they're kind, they're fairly opposite. Um, purple will probably work just as well. It will just make it darker probably. But it's um, it just really emboldens the colour over the top. So if you put the filter, a complementary filter over the colour underneath as a base, it can really embolden the colour. I that, that's something I found, at least with those colours, and I really want to try it with like red and green, because I've heard mm. green is a really good shade for red, and vice versa. So if you're like... Yeah, for orc skin, having that kind of yeah. base of red to build on, definitely. Yeah. So stuff like that, which I've heard can work really well. So if you want to like darken green, put a red filter over it, and it'll really like bolden it. Yeah, that's really cool. That is... Definitely something else. I mean that. Um, yeah, I want to explore that a lot more myself. I haven't really had a chance. That, the pink that, and yellow, which like, works great. That raincoat yellow that you did for the uh, yeah. the Skaven team was just like that was like was a next level kind of yellow. It actually looked like the color rather than um, a, a faded, dry, husky white that highlighted mm -hmm. yellows tend to can come out as. Uh, yeah. So that's really cool. So my biggest issue with this complementary thing is that green and red uh, is a very powerful combination in Magic the Gathering called Gruel. And uh, it just <laughs> sticks in my head. I'm like, green, red. Right, here we go. Green, red. Uh, you well, know, going to have some ramp, going to have some burn spells. This is going to be wicked. Uh, I actually think there's some cool Gruel stuff coming out of um, the, new, uh, the new format as well, which is pretty cool. Oh, such a mad. Yeah, man. <laughs> Kaldheim Kal looks amazing. 
Uh, that's just yeah vikings anyway this is now a magic the gathering podcast uh, I, I am going to stream some magic at some point i think i think on my next day off i'm just gonna to have to do it because it's just great fun okay so that was complimentary colors ian yeah what so, what are we going to look at next kind of going off that and it's just kind of um a small point to add really you've got the split complementary. okay here we go got the graphic on the so, screen it's a bit of a variation really and this is kind of um, let's say you've got your primary color of yellow. So in this example, maybe. Yeah. Uh, your primary color is yellow. That's your main choice. Is to kind of go opposite the wheel, but then one to each side. So you've got this kind of, I want to call it like screamer pink. Yeah, that, that is any sense. definitely screamer pink. Yeah, and then you've got like a, a more of a bluey purple. So it's just um, a way of playing around with that, really. So if you if you took it from green, if you kind of rotated your wheel, you'd kind of go for more of that. Yeah, screamer pink and then orange. Green, orange, this one and I pink. This one I haven't used loads, to be honest. Um, and I think you probably want to use those two other colours in smaller amounts. And, and not necessarily like all on the armour, for example. But it might be like a good way of having um, your yellow, your dark blue, and then let's say your straps in that screamer pink, or your gloves in that screamer pink, or something like that. Ah, yeah, that is um, that is that is cool. I, I guess I have one question here: is a lot of NFL teams use white as their third color? Yeah, white's a neutral color, really. So, so yeah. things like white, black, brown, to some degree, depending on kind of what it's like. Um, more of your kind of beigey bone colors. They're not kind of represented on that color wheel um, because they're kind of neutral colors that you can sub in. Because essentially, uh, you know, white in that situation would just be like a super light version of any complementary color. <clears throat> and black would yeah. be the same. They tend to um, like saturate and desaturate the colors as well. So I think it's kind of they work more as like a, a tone. Yeah. Rather yeah, than definitely. They color in their own right at it um mm. if someone's used lots of browns it's going to look completely different to you if they've all got white trousers it will um, yeah. it'll do different things to the colors around them but yeah on the whole it won't clash with them okay so what we've got so far is we're looking at the color wheel and you choose one side of it and you look at the opposite color and you know that that opposite color is going to be a solid choice to give you pop as a scheme it's going to advise you on where to go and you can do whatever you like you can absolutely do whatever you like. You can choose two colours that are next to each other and go to town. I've got a great example from the histories of Blood Bowl as well to bring up in a bit. Um, and it, a couple of them just take the colour wheel and um, get it drunk and show it a good time. And end <laughs> up with been... some yeah, end up it's with like some this. interesting combos. <laughs> uh, so that's really cool. So that's the complementary colours, Ian. Was there, what, what, what are we going to look at now? going on from what you've literally just said might be a good chance to do um analogous or analogous however you want to pronounce that analogous analogous yeah ah so this is kind of this is this is the yeah i like this one sitting in one wedge of the color wheel there and playing around with that and i think one of the best colors for me seeing this is green yeah it is um mm -hmm. kind of the number of times i've seen like amazing wood elf models uh that kind of are just purely based around using different shades of green, different types of green. It's amazing. So there's a kind of real harmony to it, but you can see individual 
individual parts. So a little bit like we're talking about that Nazgul with black, how they use different kind of ways of maybe kind of highlighting the black, different textures on the yeah. black. It kind of gave them a different kind of <laughs> warmth or, or coolness to them. Um, mm -hmm. And you really play around with that. I think something to look at here as well is like fire. Fire is pretty much this scheme. Fire kind of works up from, you know, reds to yellow to oranges to bright yellows. It kind of like follows this same gradient. See where you mentioned wood elves, you see a lot of them being like the greens and yellows, really like natural, like sort of life colors. You can use like red and orange in a very fiery scheme. And uh, it can work like that. So if you. Kind of a yes. good example of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with this one, you've, you've, you've got the main color. And then you just kind of go, what, two shades in one direction or just work with those three clustered colors together? Yeah, so, I think you kind of want to largely stick in that wedge. So, so like then green, teal and lime. Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You get a kind of a sea theme for that, wouldn't you? That's and then what I'd say thing. is you still look opposite the wheel for your like gems, for example. So look at that yellow orange uh, kind of segment that's shown on the screen at the moment. Maybe you could do blue gems, and and they would kind of really pop against those colours. That is very cool because I was I was looking at the last one, the last chart, and we were looking at using the opposite colours. And I'm sitting here with my seventy-five Blood Bowl teams painted in green and yellow, and I'm like, I've been doing this all wrong. Terribly sorry, Wisconsin, but you need to sort your kit out. Uh, but green and yellow fits in with the analogous 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 yeah. uh <laughs> method there where you've got that wedge and you know what <laughs> the seahawks are green and blue you know um and yeah i i think that makes a lot of sense i think that makes a lot of sense and just i think saying like there's no hard and fast rule and generally mm. if you look hard enough you can find a combination of the wheel that probably fits what you've already done but <laughs> this is kind of a good way of planning out from the start what you want to do yeah you want to... okay it's theory isn't it it's theory that kind of like guides you in the right way but it's also art and art is extremely subjective some things oh, yeah. just work even if it doesn't like you know yeah we mentioned that the, the troll you some that you, you chose for the painting competition where it had all sorts of colors all over it that probably wouldn't really fit with find many of these <laughs> yeah, but you could probably find one. It's just how they've used the theory of it. So, like, within the different segments itself. So, like, the skin was kind of a complementary gradient. Um, then he had his armor, where it had, like, verdigris on copper is kind of a complementary thing. Because um, you've got, like, green over orange. And it's things like that. It's uses of it with different textures, materials. Kind of seeing how you can incorporate it into it, I think, which is where really the creativity really comes. Um, and I, that's, I, I love this stuff. But I think it's great. <laughs> I was uh, interpreting it in different ways and seeing how other people have done it. Talk about a lot in our group and kind of be mm. a bit more kind of purposeful with it, aren't we? And it's cool. Yeah, it's good to chat yeah. about. So I know you uh, sent us a bunch more of the, uh, the, the charts here. Any of those you think are going to be particularly useful to go through? Yeah, so I'd say probably the, the next one. Uh, and the one that I've used recently myself is the triadic. Gotcha. Yeah. So this is cool. 
Um, so I used this recently for my splintered fang, um, where I kind of took purple as my kind of main colour. And then off of that, I've got orange and green. So I've used orange for um, things like kind of a bit of war paint, um, some of the kind of tips of the hair. And then green is the kind of, uh, they've got little poison vials and things that I've done a kind of quite a bright green. Um, so yeah, that I kind of purposely wanted to try this because I wanted them to be quite a colourful bunch, but still not look chaotic, if that makes, well, despite them being chaos, obviously. So purple, um, purple green, and orange. <laughs> yes. It's a very parrot kind of scheme they're in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nature knows best. There you go. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a really solid point, actually, Ben. Nature does know best. Yeah. Uh, life and all that. Said it. Said it in Jurassic Park, which was <laughs> uh, over twenty-five years ago. Pencils on that. But uh, but yeah, no, I think um, yeah, like I said, I wanted them to to look colourful, uh, colourful, and almost a bit kind of carnival. Um, but I wanted the colours to work together still and not kind of be a complete clash mm. so this is, this is really good for that and i still yeah. think you can probably choose one as your kind of main color and then the other two kind of to kind of pop off of it yeah i think i think you're right i think this is probably one of the harder ones to kind of follow because yeah you are absolutely right i think you have to be very sparing i think with with one i think having all three equally on the model can look like you say, Annabelle. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, even if I just like, so let's take green for example on these models. I've literally just used it uh, in one portion of the model, and then like a tiny bit on the blade to show poison. Mm -hmm. um, so really, it's kind of a purple with orange, and then green is that kind of just little details. So yeah. I think you can use it that way as well. It doesn't have to yeah. be in perfect balance. Of you know the amount you've put on, really clever. But yeah, no, I enjoyed I enjoyed trying that actually, and I think it's come out alright. So I'll definitely um, try it for other things too. That is really really cool. Okay, I have some uh, some color theory testers for us to consider. Now, I don't know if. Uh, you guys aren't going to necessarily be able to follow along with this because we of the way we've got the setup. So I'm just going to bounce over to this screen on the footage because we've got a few a few blood bowl things to look at, which I think uh, fail the uh, <laughs> fail the color challenge uh, massively. So, so oh wait, first of all, I've grabbed a picture of the Seahawks team just for. Uh, just because they look like traffic wardens, essentially. Let's pop that into uh, into the group chat. They've gone with a lime green and dark blue. Um, let's probably just move on from that one. Uh, but you challenged it. Okay, so we're going to now have a look at Blood Bowl 2nd Edition because, and I'm just going to chuck these into the group chat, guys. We've got the Gouged Eye. Now, the Gouged Eye was an orc team. This is from Blood Bowl 2nd Edition. I would say they've got the green skin, and they've got red, and they've got white as their primary colours. Does that pass or fail the colour test? Well, oh, see, I'm going to be really... An... Oh, sorry, Ian, you can... That's, 
I think that's a, a clear pass. Obviously, you know, we don't want to, uh, you know, pass too much judgment because, you know, there's people out there with their, oh, their no. toys looking at them. Don't worry. Don't worry. There's a couple we can fail and not feel bad about it. There's green and red, um, and then white is <clears> a neutral colour. I think that's not offensive in the slightest, apart from those pants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the briefs are quite bad. Ben, what do you think? Uh, see, I'm I'm already going to preface this with a really annoying arty answer and saying like <laughs> it's it's not really passing or failing. I don't think I don't think you can really say this works, this doesn't work because the context really matters and what it's trying to achieve from the artist and how it makes the person interpret it. Let me send um, you a picture of the Elfheim Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> so the Elfheim Eagles have got red so that... red armor, pink spandex some of their legs have got That's yellow crisscrosses or polka dots in and they've also got some white gloves and white shoulder pads to go along with it see i think it passes because it kind <laughs> of uses it in the wrong way intentionally it's like it, it shows they're really sporty they're really garish they're really like just really up themselves to like be that obnoxious. That's that's how I interpret that. It's kind of like failing the color wheel, but to effect. Um, which I think it's like it's the same reason you have clowns in horrendous like color combinations because they're meant to be really like kind of annoying, right? All right, like eye catching. Right. That is a reasonable answer. Um, <clears throat> so let me introduce you to the original Bright Crusaders. Yeah, that wasn't looking, wasn't looking forward to this one. <laughs> so these guys are half yellow, and the other half are blue and white stripes. Oh man, uh, it's like watching some... the X. Men. <laughs> this this <laughs> actually this does look a little bit like if X Men, the original cartoon series, was a football team. So um, first of all, this would be a nightmare to paint, right? Yeah, it would be. Was it wouldn't, of... I'd say it wouldn't be as bad as the Elfheim Eagles, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, I it's love these. You can find something to match them because look, I've got here the uh, a tetradic rectangular, which has got yellow and blue, and then they could have some orange and purple if they wanted. They could yeah. just go so... all for it for the full clown effect. Yeah, exactly. I, that's what I mean. There's no kind of passing and failing because you can just you can justify it. Um, mm. I think it's just about finding something that's going to help you if you if you're really stuck. Yes, definitely. From like a point of view, yeah. Like if you were to like again, this works in the context as well of Blood Bowl because it's so Blood Bowl is you know they, they're meant to be really bright on the pitch, right? It's sports. That's kind of what sports yeah. is. Like if definitely. you were to do this sort of scheme on like. Uh, like a painting of what's what's really serious, you know. Like let's say World like yeah, you've got like a World War Two, yeah, World War Two diorama, and you paint. <laughs> yeah, it's my bright crusaders transit division. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it, that's ridiculous because it's like it completely gives you the wrong impression. Um, All right, every space breed player clever. ever is going. Uh, hold my howling griffins, please. That's uh, very that's true. Right. <laughs> <laughs> space breeds <is> ignore this. <laughs> Oh, it's tiny. It's like Dr. Mario with a pill. Who's that? The Bright Crusaders, the guy at the back holding a ball. I think he's a halfling, isn't he? I, I don't know. What's he holding? 
That's uh, a ball. Tiny. Uh, a very deflated ball. <laughs> oh, the ball. It might be a sandwich. You don't know. It's Games Workshop. Uh, next one. I just I love this one. This one I, I really like. The Lowdown Rats. Simple, oh, cool. purple, and black. Half and half paint yeah, I love that. Why is this so good? Like, what is it? What can we learn from this? That it's the tone. Sorry, I, I'm jumping the gun. <laughs> this is superb. No, no, no. That was that was answering the question. This is this is a great yeah, a great start. So it's. I think this is what is also really good with the wheel. Um, I don't think we got onto it. So it, it's not just obviously these colours, which are the really sort of bright saturated. You've got the different tones that go down like towards white and black. Um, which just takes the color out of it. And that adds a lot. Like here, this is really desaturated, dark kind of colors. And this makes them, you think they're sinister. They're like the underdark because there's like little light compared to the bright crusaders who look like, you know, they're the <laughs> greatest heroes of them all from the eighties. Um, <laughs> like the, <laughs> these guys are definitely the, uh, the villains that like be like, I get you next time. <laughs> Actually, yeah, um, it's kind of very reminiscent. Green Goblin, yeah, uh, and that's yeah. The place you actually is uh, is kind of like cartoons and, and things like that because they're designed to be really kind of eye catching and memorable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Look at you know, there's that kind of I think it's superhero movies that are there's a kind of an unwritten rule where they're always blue and orange. If you look at uh, movie posters for like superheroes, oh. you, Blue and orange because they kind of really stand out. Hmm, that's interesting. Battlefield as well. The Battlefield games always do that. That is very accurate. <laughs> blue in one end yeah. and like the fire to orange. Absolutely. Yeah. That classic fade just looks so sweet. Yeah. All right. We got the Dark Side Cowboys and the Reekland Reavers. Reekland Reavers. So these guys are both. This one is blue with yellow accent. One is yellow with blue accent. And that both works. We got like several NFL teams that have those colors. You know the Rams. The Chargers, uh, th th these these are teams that just blue and yellow just goes really well together. See, I see the the Cowboys there look a bit more orange to me. I was going to say the dark side Cowboys. They follow the, the the whole monochromatic thing, which I think was some one of the wheels that we had a look at. Yeah, um, on their armor and their skin and their boots. It's again using the different tones of white to black along the same color, very yep. different shades. Like their skin is sort of a pale blue, the arms blue, and the boots are dark. And then they flat bang the complementary on there as well. And you just get sports vibes. Uh, just let me mm -hmm. check and see. Okay, oh, yeah. sorry. Monochromatic. If you look at the actual skin colors as well, and this is something you can build in to kind of really go for that monochromatic. It looks the shading is blue too. Yeah. If you look at that, it's yeah. got a yeah. very white skin with blue shading. So literally, the only other colour, as it were, is orange. Mm -hmm. You know, you can spot that from a mile off. Okay, we've got one more here. Is the Chaos All-Stars. So this is a proper classic scheme. This is your kind of... This is kind of green and pink. But, but, mm. but, but that's... That is what we saw in the color wheel, isn't it? Green versus red, but obviously just a lighter version of the red that's slightly adjusted to make it more pastel. This saturated, yeah, yeah. This this looks like one of those uh, Velcro ball games that you had as a kid with the pad, 
and you used to throw the ball yeah. and it got stuck to the pad. <laughs> like, it, it definitely. I love this scheme. Uh, we were looking at this the other week on Whip Wednesday. Someone's started painting an All-Stars team for Renegades with this scheme. And it looks awesome. And I don't know if yeah. it's just because it's so creative or so bright or because the colours work so well together. I mean, what do you think, Ben? Uh... I, I love. I'm really confused what the player on the left is, but I can. Uh, well, that's not distracting me. Um, yeah, no, I, I like it a lot, and this is sort of what I was saying again with the um, like the Bright Crusaders and the Alfheim Eagles, where this really big contrast when it's like immediately next to each other, as opposed to what we were saying before, where you can kind of work it in, like the gemstones, like Ian said. Yeah. And um, when you just have them like literally next to each other, like this or like stripes, that's when it's super flashy and super eye-catching and that's what works super well with this because they're meant to be you know so they're meant to attract the attention of the crowd sure cool so we've had a look through some absolutely classic blood bowl team colors and we've looked at the color wheel we've looked at kind of how to match your colors how to pair your colors how to make things pop make things match but it really is down to you and how like do you just how do you choose your your how do you go with an accent you use the color wheel to advise you yeah definitely now yeah, yeah. I, think I, I used to but i definitely do now definitely try and go into it thinking about that and and like yeah thinking about like gems is a good one i don't think i ever would have thought about painting them necessarily anything other than oh they're red aren't they or <laughs> yeah. but actually being a bit more thoughtful about what impact it will have definitely no something i try to do is um again something that I'm never going to claim i invented i took it from some people who are better but um highlighting it with highlighting the colors with the same color so Ooh, you would highlight but like say in this chaos all stars you've got the pink and green find a neutral color like often what works really well is like a like a pale skin tone um that kind of tends to work with any color because it's that neutral brown kind of thing um, mix that in, or yeah, mix that in to the color when you highlight it, and then work it up to the same color on both, and it yeah. really, really helps tie stuff together. Oh, that is very clever. I think people do that as well across um, across blended parts often as well. You could have mm. like a solid highlight color running across like a blended plate or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just kind of makes it convincingly look more like one but yeah no that's definitely i've definitely done that before with like uh say pallid witch flesh uh or a shabdi bone or something mixing that in as the highlight because it kind of yeah. takes them to a similar tone doesn't it in, in yeah sort of set. i i do have one more hobby question before i let you guys go and ian this this kind of links back to an article that you've written on your wordpress uh which was about uh tapering yeah. But it's more specifically when you're putting it in a blood bowl point of view, you got a team, you got twelve players, you want all those players painted to the same scheme. When you set out, say you've decided, so I've got my own dead team. Uh currently they're called the Somewhere Spiders, but that's because the Patreons are choosing a name for me for the team. They are gonna be a kind of dark red and a yellow to be the accent colour. Now, that's just how it's going to be and i think that those colors will work all right i'm going to have to be careful and make sure that they they go apart i think it's going to be fine but do you guys when painting a team 
do a test model. So I know you guys have done loads of schemes. So Ben, when you started your pirates, do you do a test model for your scheme or do you just gung-ho Leroy Jenkins it? I think for every everything I paint, I try and do a test model first. I do a test model to completion, otherwise you end up backtracking because sometimes colour doesn't work. And you look at it and you think, that doesn't work. The, the pirate I did, where you use that as a, an example, the, the the main scheme is yellow. And I actually tried, I, I thought of putting in purple to be like the, the spot colour because of that, that thing. But to me, that didn't work because... It didn't sell the impression that I wanted from them. It made them look a little bit too garish. Um, so that's when I toned it back and I used um, sort of shades of you know black and white instead. Um, so yeah, if I'd done that like across the whole army, I would have had to then backtrack because sometimes you look at it and it just doesn't look right. And I think that's kind of what color theory helps try and explain why things might not look right. Um, but obviously, it's all up to interpretation um, as to what that model. I'm going to say it evokes in. Oh, gosh. In I, I, you said evoked. So, I, yeah, I do do a test model to answer no, the question. You do so, how about you, Ian? And I know that you've got your, your whole tapering method, but like, where do you start along that that kind of scheme? Yeah. Um, I tend to be quite gung ho, if I'm honest. Um, so, I mean, I think that the Splintered Fang are kind of comparable to a Blood Bowl team. So, I'll take them as my example. Um, what I've done is I've kind of painted, I painted all of them up to the point where I was kind of like, okay, I've done all the skin, uh, I've done all the metals, which I was really set on in terms of their colour. Um, got all that painted up. Um, then I've taken just one of them forward and done that, finished that as as a test model um, because I wanted to check where I was trying this triadic thing for the first time. Um, whether that would actually work. So I've taken one model forward to do that, and now I can go back and take the rest of them on. So, yeah, often I think if I feel confident in the combinations, I won't bother doing one test model. I'll just do a whole load of them. Um, so like the the Nobles, for example, I didn't feel like I massively needed to do a test model because I kind of knew it worked because I've seen it work in, in Warhammer. It's a, it's a scheme. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so yeah I think if I'm trying something new definitely a test model if not then just go for it fair enough and um, what about I mean briefly uh, Ian has a, a method of painting called the tapering method which is kind of like a, a way to make yourself feel better about batch painting um, Ian 30 seconds give us a quick breakdown on the tapering method Yep. so it's kind of um, painting up to uh, the point of <laughs> your kind of own interest and then narrowing down so let's say you start with uh, 10 models or let's say 12 because blood bowl team start with 12 models start painting them all maybe you get all your base colors done uh, but then you're kind of a bit ugh. so then maybe you take it down to six models or five models and then you take them forward and so on and so on until you kind of reach that uh, point of frustration with them and then you might just finish three of them or even one of them as your test model for example uh, the good thing about that is then you can go back and all your models are started and are well along the way. So you don't have to start from scratch again. I like that because I, I, this is what I was going through with the Blackhawk team. So did a little stream and the, it was it was a bit of a battle to base all the colours in one go. 
and I ended up kind of doing one test model as I was going and then I added the red to see how it looked and added the grey to see how that would look and, and just got to that point so I've got the troll who's you know I don't know on the way most of the colors are painted in and I've got one goblin mostly done and one orc mostly done and the others are kind of in various stages. Well, actually that's not fair I've got all the base colors down with it but I haven't done the red detailing and it just made me think about the tapering method and how actually you you, you know you, you base all of a color and actually you focus on finishing up one model to see how it looks and then you've got one model finished now I have a different tact normally with Blood Bowl teams which is paint seven of them um, because because um. <laughs> of sevens so I've got a whole bunch of Blood Bowl teams that have got seven players fully painted and based and ready to go at least seven, seven. and the rest of the team is basically like base coated or primed or something so in a kind of similar way that actually I've got my team for sevens painted and if I need to do elevens I've only got to paint five or six more guys five. like it's way yeah. easier and the whole about making it better for future you <laughs> yeah 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 so even I'll... if you just get one base color down on every model that's one thing you don't have to do in the future yeah mm -hmm. yeah but i did find yeah. it quite boring but thank you to those guys of you who, who joined me on the painting stream because it is massive it just helps so much <laughs> it just helps so much or hang out with uh, some friends on discord on a game night mm. and just that always helps have a chat while you're getting some paint on the go um anything else you guys want to cover before we uh, i'll say this? one what one closing thing um i think it might might be obvious to a lot of people it might not be it might be handy something that's sort of always helped me is if you aren't satisfied with the color that you paint say you paint like i've got this purple that doesn't work just always have a good white and a good gray and a good black to hand and mix in white and black because that desaturates the color and it turns into a different color or turn it into a less bright purple and sometimes that works like it might be that you suddenly your purple that looks like you know plastic toy might now look like a cloth something <laughs> like that so i think don't be afraid to mix in whites grays browns blacks to the color to just tone it down a bit because sometimes that just makes it look a bit more natural maybe more what you had in your mind and i think that's probably a really good way of as i feel like uh dark dusky colors pair really well with bright accents and yeah i think you're exactly right there ben is actually if you've got two colors that aren't fitting well together so i think that rare the orange and blue for example are quite I, that's quite a clash to me uh actually but whether or not it's on the the, the mythical chart or not i don't know whether it's okay um but i imagine if you just went and painted blue and orange both mid-tone it would look a bit garish or it may mm -hmm. not pop or it may not work or it may look washed when actually you can tone down one color tone up another and yeah ben you're right you've created two different colors and you can kind of mix it to get that that medium where it it works well together it gels well together or you can just be a madman like they used to be in the second edition blood bowl and um just <laughs> choose two colors and paint it Brightest blue off the shelf. Honestly, yeah, saturation I, I, slider to the max. I'm going to do this at some point. I am just going to randomly <laughs> generate two colors and paint a seven team based on that color. Just whatever they are. Let's get some of the pure pigment paints because they're like as saturated as you can get, like pure like cyan. Yeah, just get crayons <laughs> and uh, you know yeah. <laughs> you'll be using one orange crayola and a blue highlighter. Go. <laughs> 
you two would somehow still make this work. Uh, That's awesome. Well, guys, thank you very much for talking about Blood Bowl, talking about hobby, um, because it's really good because it's kind of something we don't focus on a lot because we're all about the rules and Mm. the game and what you can do on the pitch. But actually, you spend a whole bunch more time at home not playing Blood Bowl than you do actually playing Blood Bowl. Especially now. Oh, yeah, especially now. So the game outside the game uh, is a big part of the hobby. And if it's not a part of the hobby you enjoy, you don't enjoy, that's okay. But it does tend to help build up that brand, that that franchise of your team. And um, hey, Knights had it right. Greeks had it right. Colours mean things. And uh, mm-hmm. it's a pretty good way to do. Um, so yeah, Ian, thanks ever so much for jumping on and bringing your hobby wisdom to us. Um, where can people follow you? Where's best to follow you? I'm most active on Twitter. If you just look for uh, Warhanam, so uh, War W A R H A N N A M, um, but also on Instagram, but a bit more casual posting on there. But yeah, yeah. if you want to chat Twitter, feel free to get in touch. Yeah, and if you guys happen to know anybody who works for the Warhammer community team, please make sure that next time they feature Ian's miniatures, they get his name right. <laughs> Ian Warhanam Hanamanam. Bless him. Um, <laughs> Hamnam, I think it was the best one. Hamnam. Hamman. That one hurt. That one hurt. Oh, <laughs> You'd think you after all the times they'd featured your villagers, Ian, they would have they got you, mate. I think they're doing it right. I think they're doing it on purpose now. Like, oh, it's the teal and orange guy again. That was his name, <laughs> that hamster man. Um <laughs> <laughs> fantastic Ian thank you very much and Blood Tithe Ben thank you as ever for hanging out and talking Blood Bowl it was awesome um, always fun yeah man right guys we're going to disappear thank you very much for uh, for listening and uh, we'll see you again soon for more Blood Bowl nonsense toodaloo bye <clears throat> uh, before we carry on, Ben, do you remember what we're talking about this episode? Like, because obviously I've written it down. Yeah, uh, painting competition winners, uh, painting different various painting techniques and stuff we've learnt. Pretty bad, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was choosing your kit colours. Okay, That's yeah, the one. we'll go with that one. That's the other one. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ian, do you want to take it? <laughs> thank, thank you, Ian. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Uh, amazing. I'll write it down. <laughs> uh, painting comp winners. But we'll, I guess we'll have a little break before we start that, will we? Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, or yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. You can have a break in. You can have a break. It's all right. <laughs> I can't have a break. <laughs> you believe the rates we have to pay to get Ian on the show? Yep. <laughs> Why are my walls painted? Hey, I painted one of your walls poorly. You did. Yeah, you did actually. It was quite bad. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I've been over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> the important thing is that if you're asked to do something, you do it, but do it well enough so that they don't necess- yep. so they either don't need to do it again or don't ask you to do it again. Yes, that's it. Do it so good or so bad. Next time in, I will pay a professional to paint a wall on my behalf for you. Thank you. That's all right. I think it's only <laughs> fair. <laughs>
Oh, to be fair, it's just it's nothing that another coat won't fix. All right, Duncan. Yeah. I've got it. I've got the intro written down. I'll be fine. <laughs> All right, sweet. Well then, gentlemen, shall we? Yes. <coughs> Clear my throat. <clears throat> Unique New York. New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh, okay, okay. Now, can I remember what I'm supposed to say?